I just want I want blue sperm poo face. The Force is back. Welcome to the Star Wars Collectors Archive podcast, hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, and Stephen B. Danley. It's a two-pack of an episode. First, the action goes boom with Mark Vanis and John Peck, who talk about collecting the face of Prue. Then, on-the-ground reporting from Sky at the Pennsylvania International Collectors event as he visits some of the best collections in the world. It's episodes 116 and 117 of The Kivecast. Wampa Wampa. Welcome to Kivecast 116. And Whoa. 117, <laughs> Steve. Oh, oh, okay. All yeah, right. See, see we, we missed August. Uh, if, you, yeah. if you don't follow me on Facebook, I became the chair of my department, which uh, is that's, a lot of extra work. That's a big deal. That's awesome. It, it's a big deal. So we, we missed August. Like we have, I think, almost every year for the 10, 10 and a half years <laughs> we've done this. But this is going to be a double episode, Steve. So okay. the first right. part is going to be with you and I and we're and uh, Mark Vanis, Vanis, or I don't know how you say his last name. Um, and with uh, John Peak, and and we're going to talk about prune face. Yes. Uh, and yeah. and then the second half, uh, I'm going to go to a collector's event in, uh, yeah. in Pennsylvania. Right. Right. Yeah. So you're you're traveling solo for that one. Yeah, I was going to go with the kids. I was going to go with the wife. Uh, yeah. We couldn't get a dog sitter. It's all a little bit complicated, and it. Okay, so I'm going to have yeah. a fun time, so I look forward to hearing it later in the episode. Yes. Like, yes. A lot of people are bailing, so it seems like my expectations are low, so I hope it will exceed that. Well, yeah, I think given the, the lack of interaction these last, God, almost two years, I think it's going to feel really good. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm bummed in that sense that I, I can't go. But Yeah. But, you know, yeah. pe- people don't come on to this, uh, listen to this podcast to hear us talk about ourselves, Steve. They, no. they are no. on this podcast exclusively to hear about vintage <laughs> Star Wars figures. Yes. They're not here to talk about the fact that someone started up another mock group, Steve. Wait, what? Yep, someone started another one, but they, <laughs> they advertised it on the original mock group. Um, so it's, it's pretty in, good. Yeah. Oh, so they advertised it in mock, but not mockingly. They did it seriously. Oh, it's sort of both. <laughs> Okay. My hope right. is that that both pages become redundant just by the existence of the other. <laughs> We're not going to talk about my newest acquisition, Steve. Oh, see, I, I I know nothing. I, I know nothing was going on. Okay, well I, I will tell you about yeah. my newest acquisition. Steve, All right, thanks. I'm gonna for, start, for me, I'm going to start the run going here. So okay. every time I see Yehuda, I ask him what to buy, right? Yeah. Like he's like an investment guy, you know. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's your not. vintage advisor. You're yes. your vintage advisor. Yeah. But he just has a really good horse sense for this stuff. You know, like, yeah. like he knew about a lot of things before they got big, right? Um, and I mean, I would say the same thing with Ron, but um, Ron doesn't, I don't know. Ron doesn't, he has like the same sense, but he isn't quite as expansive as Yehuda is, I think, in terms of the kinds of things he buys. Yeah. So, so Yehuda told me the future is Watto's junk shop. <laughs> okay so there is this and i'll put a picture on the enhanced version steve when you see okay. it you will know why yehuda is so right so what makes a lego minifigure rare is if they've only appeared mm-hmm. once uh-huh okay and so in 19 like no 2001 they made this set for Wado's junk shop with like <laughs> food or bead or or one of the one but of is the, that the two-headed guy no 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 he's like He's one of the pod racers. I forget which okay. one. Okay. All right. 
But seriously, this thing does not look even close to a Star Wars toy. It just looks like a plastic <laughs> malfunction. And and then there's a water that comes with it that's just made in these terrible like blue color and it's very clear like they weren't trying to go for, you know, lifelike at all. Yeah. So Yeah. Yes, I sold some vintage recently, and I took the money that I sold the vintage, and I'm just buying Watto's junk shop. That's <laughs> that's my thing. And now I've shared the secret, and you can look it up. You know, each minifigure goes for like seventy-five to hundred bucks. Wow. But, okay. But that's the future. Right. You know, like these Watto's random junk shop. Yeah. These random Lego sets where the minifigures are only in one. Yeah, that's yeah. I I guess I hadn't really thought about that, the, like the, the figure-specific collecting of the Legos, because they're kind of spread out through all all kinds of things. Like I wouldn't even, yeah, that, that's got to be really difficult to to do. Yeah, yeah, and it's and these are these are going to be the the you know the yak faces or whatever of <laughs> of Lego collectors when that happens. All right, I, I like I like where you're just going with that. that so that you, makes... you heard it here second. We're gonna get this run going. We're gonna make it more difficult for me to army build with my old Wattos. <laughs> but speaking of ugly, cute characters in the Star Wars universe, <laughs> let's talk about Pruneface, Steve. You oh have, yeah, you made quite a great outline here. I've, I've had a chance to look at some well, of the you. items we're gonna be talking about. Yeah. Where do we even start with Pruneface? Well, there's a lot, which which is always a nice surprise for me. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's tell me if you agree with this. I think Pruneface, he's probably the the king of the obscure and mysterious Kenner figures. I, I can't yes. think of. I mean, most others, they're at least you have some context for who they are or where they likely fit in 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 the universe. But with Pruneface, it's very very um, unclear. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of ways, it definitely was to me growing up. I mean, I, I think I'm not. I'm obviously not the only one that thought he was a Jabba's palace alien. Um, and you know, the, the, the name, like, like the gross name and the eye patch, it, it just, that's just what you would assume. I think, unless you really, <laughs> you know, if you, unless you saw return of the Jedi, like in 70 millimeter and were paying attention to every single character sitting in the background like that. Well, there's, just I mean, see him. I think it was celebration, maybe five where I learned yeah. that prune face wasn't a Jabba's henchman. <laughs> okay. It was that late. But, wow, but I will yeah. say, you know, um, I, I don't agree with the politics of Dan Crenshaw, um, <laughs> but I do think that his presence in American politics and people's desire to make fun of him does sort of show the weird sort of ableism that the world has towards eye patches. And, <laughs> and it's, it's just because it's such an easy shorthand to make somebody look different and evil. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, it's true. You know, I'm just lucky that I don't need an eye patch. You know, I mean, right. I've, I've yeah. got glaucoma in my family, so I might end up with an eye patch at some point. Um, but I think that's why it's not just that he's ugly; it's that he's ugly and he's deformed. And in our right. ableist society, we just sort of yeah. assume that that must mean he's bad. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the, the eye patch is is kind of that that symbol in in pop culture in a lot of ways, at least in like film and media. Um, yeah, definitely. Although I think that the woman with an eye patch in Twin Peaks was good. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's but probably it. Could just be the 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 pirate stuff. So yeah, yeah. So, so you're not going to bore us with the history of let's see if I if I know his name. Is it Oren Mako? <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> that's something like that. Yeah. I, I so speaking of like learning what what he was, I didn't know that he was a, a good guy until because I, I was really into the decipher collecting the decipher card game and they like present him as the the rebel guy and i'm like wait what 
<laughs> no, no clue. Um, but no, I, I've, I've got some some fun. Uh, there's some the Wikipedia side of things, which is I, I think eh, you might find it interesting. But then there's some good behind the scenes stuff too. But but before we get to that, maybe I don't know, just more in this confusion thing. I I didn't know that there was a, a vintage Kenner coloring book that had Pruneface pictured like in a Jabba's palace background. So obviously they didn't know. Like well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So so I guess Kenner wouldn't know either. I mean, if they not can't figure out. <laughs> Whether or not you know a snaggletooth uh, is two feet tall or eight feet tall, um, yeah. Or which which you walk is which, yeah. I mean, it, it, you, if you look at the card back closely, you can kind of get a sense of that. No, that that kind of looks like a rebelish background. But I feel like most like most kids like me, I, that card back was gone immediately. I never saw it again. So I, the context, any context, was completely lost. Right. Uh, and and then there was also this. Uh, in one of those nailer packs, he's in one just this, that's just labeled the Empire, <laughs> uh, along with <laughs> I think the Rango Creeper and and then the ATSG driver maybe. I just like that they just like yeah he's got to be a bad guy. They just put him in the Empire box. <laughs> no, that that's uh, great because ATSG yeah. driver must be like okay, time to shoot some teddy bear. Who do I got? Wait. Who do I got on my team? All right, we got this fat crying zookeeper. <laughs> We have a, a rebel fighter. <laughs> it's it's yeah. also I think I think it also speaks to Lucas's failure of diversity, right? Like, he, <laughs> yes, right. In some ways, he's ahead of the curve, and a lot of ways, he's not. And yeah. the inability to have not white British guys completely dominating his entire world yeah. it makes sense based on where he filmed. But, right, right. But definitely somebody ugly. You, know, you just don't associate it. it. It really is. It really is ableism. That really is it. Because yeah. without his eye patch, he looks just like the emperor. Yes, that's true. Yeah, He's the got emperor a butt with the. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's it's so true. Um, and also, Steve, yeah. not, for, not for nothing. Have you ever seen a prune? <laughs> it's been a while, but yeah, I feel like they're he not. He does not look like a prune. No, Prunes I mean the are color. Black. The, that's the like their defining. Yeah. The defining features are dark purple and black. They come from a specific kind of plum, a European right. plum, not just right. any plum. That's what my son used to call it when he was a kid. Can I have a flum or some geeps? <laughs> I like that. He'd call them geeps uh, and flums. Oh, that's um, perfect. Because in Santa Barbara, you can actually have a flum tree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those don't sound like Star Wars foods, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, or species, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Um, so I, I definitely don't remember ever having the figure. I don't remember okay. ever playing with it. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I think it's also just the naming convention that they had Yak Face and that they had right. Squid Head. Yeah. I mean, is there any other good guy whose name is just like that? Man, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think they kind of assign those generic terms to to the the bad guys. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, to me, I wonder, I, you know, the, there's the classic robot chicken appearance, right? Yes. And which, I feel like that. Yeah, I mean that that has, like, for an entire generation, the, the <laughs> the sketch from Robot Chicken, which you know what, I'm just gonna get it out of the way, Steve. Yes. I, okay. I'm just I'm gonna insert it into the episode now because everybody's sitting there with the headphones saying when the face is pruned, the action goes boom. And they're all sitting there laughing. I just have to get it out of the goddamn way. I, I think face so. is more than the robot chicken thing. 
He is. Critical error, and the time is... I'm sorry, who the hell are you? Prune face, ma'am. Anyway, the Emperor has made... When the face is a prune, then action goes boom! Action! Face, you'll be a great asset to this. Actually, I lied. I'm just here to fix the copier machine. <clears throat> the Emperor. It's has... your toner, probably. Rufus! Rufus! Yes. Okay, so I'll put it in there. I just put it in. The main thing that's great about the robot chicken sketch <laughs> is that it includes uh, a picture of the carded figure that he actually right. did get yeah. an action figure. Yeah, that that's that's the kicker. I mean, I, it. I mean, honestly, back when that aired, uh, it it made me laugh hysterically. But it, I feel like it probably just it introduced Pruneface to a lot of of Star Wars fans that may not have been so aware. And I, I love that. I think it was totally the right thing to do to say even Pruneface got the action figure, and that that that, that brings it all home. I mean, that that's yeah, it's it's great. But it, it, he is more than that, as you said. He is. <laughs> But Steve, I can tell that you're just itching to go behind the Steve. Uh, so, all right, all right, Steve. <laughs> tell us about behind the Steve. Tell us more about the the formation of of this character. Let's go behind the Steve. Okay, so it seems like Pruneface's life story started somewhere around the fall of 1981. So. The name Pruneface, it appears on this list of alien characters as number 35. And I think this is from Phil Tippett's Creature Shop at the time that they were just starting to ramp up uh, production. So Pruneface is number 35 on the alien list, whereas, you know, you still have, like, a lot of the other Java guys are there. Um, and then you have some that are, the, the you know, that are specifically named. But Pruneface is just Pruneface. And there's no real designation about, you know, who he is or, or whatnot. But I think around the same time... Uh, Nilo Rodas Chimero did a sketch of Pruneface, and it's clearly he's got the rebel gear, um, but he doesn't have the eye patch. He's just this grumpy looking prune guy with with a camo jumpsuit and and the rifle and all that. And but is he called Pruneface at that point? He is, yeah. And in that one, I think he's labeled just as a single word, not two words. Just Pruneface, one word. Pruneface. Uh, yeah, exactly. Me chiamo Okay. Uh, I like where this is going. Um, so I think from there, uh, Tippett's studio did, they did, I think for most of the aliens, they did those full-sized maquettes, those little figure size, or not figure size, but, you know, miniature versions of the characters so that the costume designers can make them. And so the that's one just that, a sculpture. That's a sculpture, yeah. And it, it pretty much, it's the final character. I, I think it looks just like the, the, the action figure looks like what's on screen. And um, it, there's a really nice picture of it in that um, Star Wars costumes book, which which I'll include in there. But I, I don't think I'd seen that, that nice of an image of it before. Um, but what's what's something I obviously didn't know too much later was that there are actually three different prune faces in Return of the Jedi. It's not just the one. So, really? Yeah. So there's the one that has the eye patch, which is obviously the one that 
makes the most sense for a cool looking or I don't know about cool but action figure looking uh character but then you have one that has like a dark cape which I think you can see him walking up the ramp of the shuttle you don't see his face you just see this hooded thing that That's I not Pruneface I thought that was the only Pruneface appearance <laughs> in the movie No so I, the funny thing is you never see like Pruneface proper again after that the the uh the briefing scene the other ones appear later so the guy with the dark cloak is the one walking up the the shuttle and then there's also one that wears like a whiter like a white outfit that has some goggles dangling by his neck so his both the other one's eyes are intact and those two apparently were <laughs> they were dancing around in the the final celebration at the end of the jet at return of the jedi and there's a, a great behind the scenes picture of them but the eye patch prune face is nowhere to be found so apparently like yeah he uh he doesn't really make it on screen so much after after that. But wow. you know, uh, if there had been like literally a half second of yeah. the prune faces dancing together, prune face would be a top fifty <laughs> character. Like every like, because how much fun would have been as a kid to see this ET looking weirdo? You know, like having two of these guys dancing together. The yeah. figures would have flown off the shelves. They could have just saved a half a second. You know, a half a second from like. <laughs> Leia looking for Luke or something, you know, or like a half second yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's true. I, it, the, and you know what? No, I I realize that you were you're talking about Lucas's kind of struggle with with the diversity on screen. I, I think what's kind of funny about Pruneface is that in the old expanded universe, <laughs> apparently the, the the guy with the eye patch, his character, the or Marco guy was this reclusive, xenophobic, disgruntled governor. And he was like the leader of the entire race. And he really hated, he resented that humans were like all the Alliance heroes. So, And he he apparently really didn't like that Han Solo was the leader of the, the, the rebel mission. He thought that he was way more qualified. And, you know, huh. I, to be fair, I mean, it, we talked about this with the Han Trench episode, like Harrison and, and Han... We're just kind of mailing it in at that point. So I could see, like, you know, yeah. Fruitface is getting kind of angry that, that this guy who doesn't seem to be caring much is is, is uh, given the job because he's human. But Yeah, uh, that's some real human privilege stuff there, you know. Like, <laughs> I'm tired of being bossed around by mediocre humans, you know. So, yeah, I, I can see why he wouldn't go to the party at the end. He's he's disgruntled. I think he just goes back to whatever planet he's from and, he's, and lives he's on. He's too prune, too proud. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um Wow. Okay. So, yeah, so there you is, go. is there even more, or is that it to your uh, your behind think, the prune? <laughs> I think I think that that's probably enough prune uh, for that for that. But uh, we we should probably start talking about the figure. I think that that's that's the point, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the point. Well, we can we can get through. Oh, we got we got to get the sky coup, of course. Just so, yeah. just so out of its uh, just so it's out of its way. Yeah. No. No. And it's going to tie in a little bit to I'm going to be ambushing John Peck about why I think he likes prune face later. <laughs> So uh, okay. Th- this might hint at it a little bit. <clears throat> okay. I am a good guy. Face wears a cape, black eye patch. Dried plum from my neck. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, focusing on I, on the good guy bad guy question. I'm, yeah, I really look forward to talking to to John about it. Um, okay. So I just <laughs> if you heard a ding, that's Yehuda 
saying uh, I did a good job buying all those Lego. <laughs> your your yeah your vintage portfolio advisor is is chiming in, letting you know you're yes. <laughs> you're on the right on the right track. Good deal. Um. <laughs> so right. okay, so we're gonna talk about the figure development. I've never, yes. I don't know if I've ever held a, a prune face. Um, <laughs> I guess after oh. sitting in the pool for too long. It, yeah, you start getting there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't have a whole lot for this. It was more just kind of like a, a, a preamble for our talk with, with John and, and Mark. But the thing I did pick was uh, there's an unpainted hard copy on the archive. And it's mainly I picked it for, for Ron's descriptions. Uh, okay. in, <laughs> and uh, the first one, let's see. Uh, <laughs> You know, as every virtually every Star Wars collector knows, Pruneface was the greatest, most exciting character in the entire space fantasy saga. Not only was he a hero and poet, his high fiber content meant that he was essential to the digestive regularity of the entire rebellion. <laughs> uh, and he had an eye patch, top that, I dare you. And so <laughs> there's that, which is obviously it's it's great. Um, but Ron's Ron's hard copy here, this unpainted. Dynacast, it's it's kind of funny that it has he's missing his one of the arms so he just has two left arms i think so wow. just to just to 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 fill him out but um the the last thing that i i, <laughs> I don't know i i i don't watch i didn't watch a lot of stuff with this actor in it but when i read this description I, now they're forever inseparable but uh he closes this description with laugh if you must but any figure that looks like telly savalas after he's soaked his head in a bathtub for an hour is great in my book that's that's it <laughs> and that's that's, that's it <laughs> uh is is kojak was that show that he he was on right yeah so, i kind of missed it too it was a little bit before my time he was mostly famous uh when i was growing up he did these commercials for this like i think it was like a he was a uh a degenerate gambler um, yeah, that sounds right. And yeah. he owed so much money to the casinos that he did these free commercials for some kind of weird credit card that they had called the Players okay. Club. And so oh, like he'd okay. always been in being right. like, it's the Players Club. And like I didn't know who he was. So to me, he's just the Players Club. All right. And then Sam yeah, and I've had a different sketch called the Players With Yourself Club, which was really <laughs> pretty funny. There's at least five or six people who are dying laughing remembering those two things, Steve. <laughs> well, you know, it's... We're all about the the obscure, just just like Printface. See now, Robot Chicken should have had had this guy in the in, in the sketch because isn't he? He's like gambling and he's in trouble with with the underworld. And, yeah, and that's true. That, and that sketch too. But, all right, so we're gonna anyway, we're gonna yeah. get uh, John and Mark. Should we just <laughs> should we start calling them Ora Marco? Oh, Ora Marco uh. Manis. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm feeling <laughs> that. Yeah, that might be more agreeable to John. I wonder. I wonder what they think of uh, of his later canonized name. Yeah. We'll anyway, see. Right, let's find we'll out, see. and if I can figure out how to ever use this goddamn Skype thing to call people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Steve. John and Mark are here. Yeah, you know, my my wife is Serbian, and she always laughs that all my friends just have white guy names. <laughs> and I I try and tell her stories, and she's like. Well, is it John, Brad, the other Brad, Steve, the other Steve, the other Steve, the other Steve, Mark, the other Mark, the other Mark? So, yeah. <laughs> so I think, Mark, if you don't mind, we decided to start calling you Ora Mar Marco. That's fine with me. That's an honor, actually. Yeah. Yes. Somehow, Steve, yeah. you know, we, we go through 
we go through these episodes with these, you know, secondary, tertiary, whatever, fourth, fifth, and sixtiary might be uh, characters, and we rarely have like one person. Like we get more and more people, the more and more obscure characters are. So what do we do? Do we just start by asking each of them how do they get into the prune face game, Steve? I think that's probably the, the most logical place to start. Yeah. Okay. So so John Peck, I think you're first, right? I'm older, right? Yes. So I think it's right. age yeah, before you beauty. It. You got it. Yes. So well, can I, can I tell you why why I think you like prune face, John? All right. Oh, let's see. Okay, so the other thing to know about John, besides the fact that he is a great prankster, um, is that he loves like professional wrestling. Like the way that you or I love Star Wars is how much John loves professional wrestling. And whenever anything in my whole world has anything to do with wrestling, I immediately send John a message and ask him a question. And he's like, I don't know, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but my theory, John, is that. Wait, wait, is that how I respond to you? Is I don't care. <laughs> well, you, I don't know. I, I'm sort of expecting you to go on like long rants because I love people who really care about stuff. But it seems... but I give you the answer in two seconds, and yes. I'm straight to the point, and that's it. Okay. That's, that's it. Well, I just I, then I, Google I, it later if you want the information, basically, in so many so many words. I know. I just want you to nerd out. I just I love when people can nerd out about stuff that I don't know about. You All know? right. Like if you have all right, I'll do it next about, time. Like, next time you ask me. Yeah, if you ask Steve about like film nitrate, like he'll just go on for like forty-five minutes. So, okay. So my theory is, you know, Steve, do you know what you call a bad guy in wrestling? It's the heel, right? Right. And what do yeah. you call a good guy, Steve? That's a good question. I don't know. Oh Jesus! <laughs> That's the whole punchline, Steve. You call him a face. That's right. That's right. So in my mind. Little John Peck is there watching wrestling, and he sees Prune Face, and he thinks he's a good guy wrestler. He's the guy who understands he's a good guy because good guys are faces. Am I right, John? Um, I didn't know Carney Wrestling speak at the time, so okay. that's not you. But want me to tell you the real reason? Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I could go along with the story. But um, um, I was always fascinated because i always looked at this figure and i said who the hell is this guy <laughs> i couldn't figure out who he was where he's from uh, i thought like a lot of people did when you saw in the coloring book it has the artwork for him and it says he's uh, one of jabba's goons right you know what i'm talking about yeah we talked about that earlier in the show we don't remember looking at it but you remember looking at that yeah coloring book? so so this whole time i just assumed oh okay so let me look for him. So I watched the VHS tape over and over, couldn't find him. And I thought I was losing my mind until years <laughs> later, uh, I found out from what the Star Wars Insider, there's a tiny little photo they have to watch in the movie. Oh, okay, you could like barely see him. Wow. So it's not, it's a and real, not in that scene. Yeah. That's a real, like, he's a rebel, a real quest of passion for you. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, and there's another story I could tell you, uh, there was this one of these unofficial Star Wars conventions called the Men Behind the Mask Tour. I don't know if you remember that. It's probably like 1998 or so. Every once in a while, Ron will come on and tell stories about it. Uh, yes, I didn't know Ron at the time, but we talked about that after. But uh, there are these people called the Star Wars experts, and you can ask them any question; they're going to answer it. So I asked them. Can you tell me exactly where Prune Face is in the movie? Because I've been trying to find him for years. 
And they're like, oh, just he's in like, uh, you know, one of the Java scenes. I said, okay, can you tell me specifically where? <laughs> nah, he's just he's, he's not that important, so don't worry about it. So that was the answer I got. And I said, well, I said, I guess you're not experts. Then I walked away. Wow, you can ask us absolutely anything. What's Chewbacca's home planet? I don't know, Dogland. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Wow. So, so you've been, so then you've been interested in prune phase for as long as you've been collecting? Uh, uh not necessarily, but probably more, uh, I mean, I guess even as a kid, I, I was always just fascinated, but probably started really actually buying prune phase stuff, probably like around 2000 or so. I want to wow. say around that time period. Uh, when Jordan had uh, the blueprints. Ah, yes. We're, we're going to talk about those soon, Steve. We shouldn't jump ahead to those, should we? Um, uh, I don't know. We could we could hear from Mark a little bit, see. Okay, so Mark, did you also, is your story with Pruneface being a confused boy watching a VHS tape for hours and hours trying to find him? It's, I mean, it's not. And, and after hearing that story, I feel like I'm going to disappoint you and everyone else. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the, uh, at the Monterey Pop Festival, the Who refused to go before Hendrix because you know Jimi Hendrix was unknown at the time, and then afterwards they're like, "Oh, damn it!" Because <laughs> he like, set fire to his guitar. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, whoops, that was a you're, mistake. You're still the Who, Mark. Let, let's hear it. All right. So, I mean, honestly, I started buying Prune Face stuff because. At the time, I was, I was kind of into all things pre-production, you know, any prototype piece that I could get from the vintage line that, you know, I could afford at the time. And I did that for a handful of years. And then uh, there was a uh, the, one of the Power of the Force proofs and a first shot that somebody was selling together, or they had them, you know, listed in the same sales post, but obviously it was, they were had started on a focus or something. And they hadn't sold. They hadn't sold. They sat. Nobody wanted them because I think John already had probably already had them. And uh, the price got very economical and was fairly reasonable given the the prices of the day. And so I was like, ah, this will be a fun little focus to start. And yeah, so I mean, basically, he was cheap. <laughs> that's, that's that's how it started. Yeah, yeah, I, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all like the lame characters. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and it was one, yeah. it was one of those things that like, I I really wanted. I mean, I really wanted to have you know a, a strong. You see all these focus collections, right? That are they're very impressive. Right. You know, there's lots of great stuff out there. They're you know can be very comprehensive, and I really wanted to do that. But I was also being reasonable at the time that the likelihood of that even then was pretty impossible. And you know, let alone trying to do something like that today. And so when I had the opportunity to buy two pretty. Uh, you know, solid pieces for a character. It, it seemed like it was too good to be true in a way, right? Yeah, that's awesome. And especially if, if you're, I mean, with John, because John, you're like not a crazy person, right? So you're, you're like, I mean, you are a crazy person, but not when it comes to like buying Star Wars toys. So you, you're not like boxing him out and getting competitive and weird, right? I collect too many different things, so I don't just focus on Star Wars. Well, Mark does too. I know he's a nut too. Huh. Yep. But, Wait, what? Wait, do you just do you also collect like wrestling belts and stuff, John? What else do you collect? Uh, AWA Remco wrestling figures. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Um, 
Okay. <laughs> so six million I, dollar man, uh, Migos, world's greatest superheroes, Remco, Universal Monsters, uh, like pretty much every Migo line almost. But yeah, too much crap. So do, do you just get six Ted DiBiase's and call them the six million dollar man? Yes, that's exactly. Yeah, I taped them together. Yes. Some duct tape. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, when when I when I was a kid, okay, we're just gonna go on a tangent. It doesn't matter. Um, when I was a kid, I loved those little rubber uh, WWF. LJN. Oh, yeah, 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 the LJN thing. Yeah, and they, yeah. they advertised the hell out of this like wrestling ring that you could get. And I asked my yeah. parents to get it for me for Christmas, but they just, it wasn't there. So like, you know, there was no like jingle all the way in my family. It was like, if it's not there, it doesn't exist. But instead, <laughs> they like got this wooden box and like painted it and like made these like 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 rope rings and like it ended up being this really cool thing so that's what i played with when it comes to wrestling awesome. we're sort of trying to tell the story we're trying to tell the story of prune face of the figure <laughs> yeah um, so why don't yes should we hit should we hit the nugget and maybe dive into to john's blueprints oh my god oh can i just say can i just oh, i don't know if yes. you guys are going to mention this i just want to we have to give mark credit for uh, giving Pruneface uh, a lot of recognition for being on Comic Book Men. Uh, I don't know the story at all. Like, you, you, this is a gotcha interview, except I am being gotcha <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it, I don't know. I had posted, uh, I mentioned I bought the Power of the Force proof and the first shot, you know, and that was kind of how it all started. And I had posted them, I think it was on Instagram uh, for, you know, the, the podcast that we were doing at the time. I mean, the account that we had and somebody from the comic book men show had reached out and said, Hey, you know, you post a lot of really interesting things. Would you be willing to bring something on, you know, to share it on the show and, you know, make an appearance on the show. And I was like, I don't know, that seems interesting. And, you know, my wife and family are like, Oh, it'd be fun. You should do it. You should try it. <laughs> and so I had sent them a, you know, a handful of things, right. That they had shown interest in or had said would be kind of cool. And they were in the middle of doing a, you know, preparing for like a Star Wars kind of episode. And so then they, they surprisingly, of all the options I gave them, they jumped all over the, the Power of the Force unproduced proof face. Wow. And I so love that, that. That, ended up, <laughs> that ended up being what I took onto the show. Yeah. Okay. I don't know yeah. if it got him recognition or not. But yeah. Oh, yes. It's the average person who had no clue who proof face was. Now they, they knew. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Wow, well, that's really awesome. I had no idea, Steve. Did you know about that? No, no, no. That that's totally new to me. That I'm gonna have to. We have to go back and find this clip. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Jeez, uh, yeah. I'm sort of like watching it off off the corner of my eye. Okay, well, cool. I have to stop looking at this. Um, all right, awesome. Well, then, in that in that case, Steve, now we can talk about blueprints. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tis a nugget. From the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. So blueprints. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't have any blueprints. I've seen some. Uh, and apparently, John Peck, you have some prune face blue prune face blueprints. You have <laughs> yeah. some prune Say face that three blueprints. Times fast. <laughs> plume, plume face blueprints. 
Can you make some swag? Plume face blueprints? Like a beer bottle? I have some plume face blueprints. face blueprints. We have some plume face blueprints. Plume face, plume face, plume face. Plume face blueprints. Can you make some swag? Plume face blueprints. Like a like a beer bottle. Blueprints. Blueprints. Plume face blueprints. Oh, I like that quite quite a bit. That that's okay. Plume face blueprints. You have. If you keep laughing, I'm gonna keep saying it. Okay, so so what what's the story of this? So you're saying you got these back in two thousand? Uh, I want to say around that time, uh, probably yeah, ninety nine or two thousand. Because I want to say I went with, I was on a few times with Jordans. Because I want to say Rob Musco was trying to buy some, uh, what's the name? Let's see, uh, the crap, the prequel movie from ninety nine. Um, oh, the Mummy Returns. Drawing a blank. Uh, the Jar Jar, the Jar Jar movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Phantom uh, Menace. So yes. He's buying. That's why I want to say it's around that time period because he's buying some first shots from Jordan, and I think that's when Jordan. Do you remember he had a whole bunch of blueprints? He got so, like, a, know, a bunch I, of them. I mean, Steve wasn't born at that point, and I didn't really start okay. collecting vintage until 2004. <laughs> so okay. We're, yes. Yeah, he got a few different ones because Joe. I don't know if Joe Glacius went too, but. I do remember he had a few different ones, and I have a similar story to Mark's. Uh, the prune face, he's lame character, and there is a rip in the uh, in the blueprint. And I think Jordan was afraid the combination was going to be a, a killer to the average collector. So I was looking at it, he goes, I'll give you a deal on that if you want it, because I'm thinking, okay, Jordan can't unload this thing. Nobody else wants this character but me. It's got the rip and it's prune face. I said, all right, so uh, we talked, and I bought it from him. And I have to give Jordan credit. Like a month later, he said, "Oh, I found this too. I, I'm just going to include it in, you know, the price." And he gave me the blueprint for the rifle. Wow. Uh, and and Pruneface does have. I mean, I'm not like a gun guy, but he has sort of the coolest gun and the most sort of uh, like, I don't know, like AK looking gun, right? It's a traditional, yeah. It's it definitely doesn't look like something you'd see in outer space, you know. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and on the blueprint, it just says "prune face weapon." Mm -hmm. Does it have a name other than that in the in the collector no. community? Nope. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. Civil War rifle. I don't know <laughs> what else they call it. <laughs> just prune face. Prune face weapons. The official name from Kenner, though, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a nice blueprint, and that and that's like a one of a kind, the very first stage. Yeah, and who authenticated this at the time? I think it was Vic Wirtz because he used to work with blueprints a lot. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that's really impressive about the the figure one is um, really like how detailed it is. I mean, there's you see, I I guess you should look at the production figure, but there's all these different markings for different colors that were supposed to be applied. Yeah. Like, is is Proofage really that that colorful, or that many colors used? But maybe they were. <laughs> yeah, it says ten yeah. different paint applications. Like, I'm just picturing, really ten? Because I get the sense there's like two, like green. Like, Chewbacca yeah. has what three? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's it's pretty nuts to to see all the detail. Um, yeah, and, and the, the likeness is very, it's not so much action figure-like, it's more, um, 
movie-like. I don't know. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Looks like the mask. Yeah, it looks like it's modeled after the mask. Yeah. Okay, so do you happen to know, John, seeing as, as you've been around for a lot longer than the rest of us, like, like what else was there? Like, like were you... Was this at? Was this online? Was this at a con- convention? Was this at no, the Men no, no? Masks? This was actually at. This was at Jordan's apartment when he lived in. I can't whatever part of New Jersey at the time. Okay. And we just New went Jersey. in his apartment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot what part, but no. But then we went to Jordan's uh, burger place. <laughs> he was part owner. Really? Owner of a burger place. And he, we had the best cheeseburgers in New Jersey, but that's another story. But yeah, so we went to his apartment, and he had a he had a bunch. I want to say Lando Skiff was there too. I can't really remember what else, to be honest with you. I'm sure because he sold a bunch before I got there too. When right. we got there, he sold a bunch already. He called people privately that he knew he was going to spend money on certain characters, sold them, and then we went over to look at what he had. And so that's how I found it. Okay, and there was this prune sitting there. It it is it, the the details are pretty amazing. It, I, is the figure that detailed? I, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever even looked at one of these things. Up, nah, up I mean, there's a lot. I mean, for the head, there's a lot of wrinkles in the head, but but not a lot of paint <laughs> on the head like the modern figures. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I love that the cloak has a lot of. It's not just a, a like a tan rag like the the figure. It's like this. It's this actual. You know detailed looking very movie accurate cloak okay. that he's got in the in the blueprint no they're cut in corners so that, i'm just looking at the actual figure <laughs> here and yeah when they talk about to the blueprint yeah i agree with you when they say 10 paint color applications so the blueprint is instructing them to put different colors on each of the little metals or whatever it is that's on his shirt <laughs> yeah and those and, are blank yeah and the figure yeah. is just molded plastic yeah yeah, it, it is. They really, they really. <laughs> you could tell somebody in Kenner was like, "Really? How, how much will it cost to make a good prune face figure?" <laughs> okay, how much will it cost to make that? <laughs> oh no, seriously, we're not even done. We're not even started. Just put that out there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Okay, um, so we're we're getting into the figure development. I don't even really know where the blueprints fit into the development. I guess they would have already the hard copies. They're mainly for the paint applications. Is that why they were made? Do we know? Probably. About the one month think... we don't have Ron on here. <laughs> I think yeah. Yeah, because it... it says attention vendor is a following eight-digit part. Blah blah blah. So I'm assuming. I'm assuming the figure that that process was already done, you know, it was already sculpted and the hard copy and all that, and the whole production's probably done, most likely. But who knows? But the but the 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 gun one just seems a lot more technical. Mechan- like that seems like a technical yeah. readout. Like yeah, the, yeah, they seem to be totally different functions. Yeah, interesting. Great. I can just right now somewhere in North Carolina, Chris Julius is screaming. He's like, "No, you're wrong. You're wrong." <laughs> That's what he's saying, right? That that is what he's saying. And like seven months from now, when he gets, because he listens to every episode, but not always on the time, he'll just send me a text out yeah. of nowhere and just be like, "That wasn't what they were for." I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> uh, awesome. So, all right. So, so then, even before then, Steve. Before then, we might have an unpainted hard copy. Is that not wrong? <laughs> it, it could be wrong, but it, can, might, it might be right. No. 
<laughs> we should call no. Yehuda. He'll, he'll fix this all. Yes, yeah, that, he'll get it all straightened out. Um, no, but uh, we, I think, yeah, right before we were talking to you guys, we were discussing um, Ron's unpainted hard copy that's on the archive that has uh, two of the same arm. But then I, I saw Mark, you, not that long ago, you acquired uh, a complete unpainted hard copy as well, right? I did, yep. Oh, man. That's, it's a, and it's got both arms. <laughs> it has, yeah, it has both arms. I think, well, what's interesting is I owned uh, the one, there's a, there's a one prune face arm that's been floating around collections I, for a handful of years. So I thought there was a really? floating prune face arm or, yeah. or two out there. That's funny. And it was, yeah, I think there's a couple, I think there's a couple and they're both, I think they're both left arms, I want to say. Uh-huh. And like the one, the arm that I had even showed up in Gus and Duncan's book as a standalone piece of, hey, here's Prune Face's arm. And uh, I think Derek owned it for a while. And Yeah, yeah. sounds right. But it's not yeah. the arm that Ron's is missing? Uh, it's <laughs> not. I think, I want to say Ron's had two right arms when, yes. at the time, but I, yeah. or no. Yes, Ron's so maybe has it was two a right, right arm arms. that I had. I can't remember, because I, th- I actually think, I could be wrong about this, but I think the hard copy that I ended up with might be the one that Ron had. So it's it's the the one that's pictured on the archive is the one that I bought. Oh, so somewhere okay. along the line, he was the one arm was freed, and I got it. Okay. the 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 other correct arm was added or was found, and then you know that hard copy was completed. Okay, so it's the same one. All right. Wow. Okay. So then that's awesome. And then, so then there's a, there's an extra right arm that is now floating around. This is like Luke's hand. Remember how they were going to make the entire sequel movies about Luke's hand? There's going to be another trilogy of movies that John Peck won't know the name of. They'll be about, uh, about uh, Pruneface's arm. So what happened to the other right arm of Pruneface? You who to buy it? I don't know. Uh, the, well, the one that I had was sold to a, another collector who's, into Return of the Jedi stuff, so it was a uh, you know a way to have at least part of a hard copy at a far more economical price than a whole one. So yeah. he was happy to get it. Yeah, uh, that's that's it's funny. I I thought there was a good chance Yehuda might have had his hands on it at some point, given well, his we, uh, reputation. We were talking but... earlier about how Yehuda is a prescient collector, and like a decade ago, he started buying hard copy parts. And he was paying very little for them because they'd just be like whatever ATST drivers, you know, jockstrap. And he'd like buy it and then he'd put it up there. And then lo and behold, within ten years, his his whole collection, you know, quin, whatever six times uh, in value is. That's what he managed yeah. to do. Yeah, that's that's funny. Um, all right, so so the Ron's hard copy is now with with you, Mark, and he's got both arms. That's that's good to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, would you guys want to talk a little bit some more? Maybe your your favorite pieces. Um, I don't know if there's any that that stand out to you. Uh, I know John John has made some pretty great prune swag over the years. That's one thing I always yeah. whenever I think about prune face, I think about John's creative items that he's made for. That is the first thing I think of, John. I will tell you, <laughs> your, your prune face has a posse sticker. Yes. So so John, if you don't know, made a sticker in the you know, imitating shepherd fairies Andre the giant has a has a posse because of <laughs> course it's a wrestling thing which is why he collects prune face like he said earlier in the episode and maybe you forget that but he said that um 
And I think you did that, like, that was really early swag, right? What, what's the story with that, John? Um, I don't know how I came up with the idea. I just thought of it one day. I just figured it wouldn't be too complicated to make. You know, it's just black and white. You know, I just fooled around with the image, and that was it. And, and so that was for it's what one of the most memorable pieces of swag, I would say, in, in vintage Star Wars history. I, I, no, I don't know about that, but thank you. Thank you for uh, the checks in the mail, Sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that was at the very first archive party, right? I feel like that's where I first saw that. I think you were wearing a, a T-shirt version of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Was that what? So was that Celebration Five? What was that? Uh, I think it was six. So 2012. Okay. So, okay. yeah. God, it'll be uh, 10 years before we know it. Oh, my God. Uh, like, what's the weirdest item in your collection, Mark? I don't know. I have, a, like, a weird... It's a double offer. So it's got the um, the Anakin offer and then also the Fett coin offer on it. Okay. It's one of the few times that I've, <laughs> that I've seen, you know, two offers like that, especially those two, that combination. Yeah. Um, but it's on a on a prune face, which I thought was really interesting, um, and that one actually came out of Rick Springfield's collection. Oh, uh, that's great! So that's just got a lot of uniqueness to it, I guess, for you know, yeah. not just the offers, but but obviously the pedigree there too. So it's not not super, you know, it's nothing too oddball by any means, but uh, it's it's pretty unique. That's, that's awesome. You know, I I I mean, I am always the guy who makes fun of these characters, but I mean, really. I mean, Pruneface is ugly, but he has a gun. Like, it's it's the weird... I mean, the, the card back art is a picture of the maquette, right? It's not the artist. I mean, it's yeah. not the actor. I think that's the maquette, yeah. If you if you compare it to that, that picture, I think it is, yeah. So it's a cool kind of weird uncanny valley of, like, is it a person, is it not? The background looks like it's from... Uh, uh, Doom on the PC, like like remember like the original <laughs> yeah. Doom. It does. It does. Yeah. It, it's all kind of yeah, weird yeah. and pixelated and like uh, like geometrically interesting. I mean, for one of these bad characters, he's got a gun. He's got an eye patch. He's got a cape. You know, he's not. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he's quite as pathetic as uh, as a lot of these other characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's definitely worse characters. Yeah. <laughs> It's just oh, he yeah. just isn't in the movie enough. That that's right. the issue. Yeah. yeah, his mystique though. I don't know. I, I think in in some ways it's it's beginning to to work in his favor. But yeah, he's gonna be the new Boba Fett of the next generation. <laughs> I want to say probably right. No, I'm I'm guessing he's gonna have his own spin-off film at some point. But it's hard to say, you know. <laughs> you know, if if we accept the concept that the infinite that the universe is infinite, right? Then there's going to be an infinite number of prune face movies. Right? <laughs> I mean, that, that's just science. We can only hope. Yeah, I, you know, I wonder. I, I haven't really noticed. You know, a lot of the the newer cartoons and, and obviously Mandalorian and stuff. They they make all these original trilogy characters make an appearance. Have there been prune faces in any like modern Star Wars media much? I feel like I haven't seen them. Like, I don't think to... so. Yeah, so maybe they're just saving up for the, so. the big the big feature. <laughs> yeah, one I mean, of you guys needs to like mail a prune face to Filoni, and then all of a sudden they'll pop up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll wear a I'll wear a cowboy hat and I'll go up to him and talk to him. Maybe he'll take me seriously. <laughs> there you go. Wait, there you go. I've got a theory going here, Steve. Okay, all right. I think he's too old. I, I think I think Filoni. 
and Favreau and that whole generation of Star Wars creators are Star Wars fans and Empire fans. So that's why all the things that come up all the time are gonk and snaggletooths and hammerheads and <laughs> walrus mans. And that's why they're not Klaatu. I mean, I guess they're a little yeah. weak way. They're starting, they're starting to get into that with the weak way. It. But I, yeah, I don't know. But right? I just, I mean, wouldn't you say there's, there's, a, there's a real like episode four emphasis? I, I think in the animated stuff for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see uh, if he be, he's got to show up at some point. It's just it's just bound to happen. But I kind of like that he hasn't yet. It's still he's still got that uh, that mystery it, about him. It keeps it fun. It keeps it yeah. fun and interesting because every time there's like a new show that comes out, I watch it and like half the time I don't even pay attention to the plot. I'm just like looking at random stuff in the background trying yeah. to find him. Like I'm just yeah. waiting, and I'm gonna I will, there will be a large celebration when he does make an appearance. <laughs> And because there's three of them, you know, it can't be a prune face. It has to be the one with an eye patch. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, well, Steve, have you guys seen how much effort Steve has put into finding all this different prune face stuff? He's doing a good job. I'm I'm very, I'm very impressed. Yeah. Well, what else do you want to highlight, Steve, of all this, of all this prune face mess? So... I, I kind of cheated on the unloved item this time because I just I wanted to figure a way to, to talk about this, but well, I, I don't know. And do, do I have to put it in the drop, the unloved I, drop? I think it's time, right? All right, we'll do that. Okay. All right. You don't hate only the unloved and the unnatural. Chaplin. All right, sorry. Digby is right above me just barking his head off. Um, okay. Zoll's upstairs practicing guitar, so there's lots of ambient sound happening here. Yes, yeah. So I, we haven't talked about store displays all that much for a while, and I, one of my absolute favorites happens to feature Pruneface, and I feel like it's one that's it's kind of un, unappreciated or underrated maybe. Not not unloved, but underrated, and that's the Collect All 79 that has the, you know, the, the later characters from Jedi on the one side, including Pruneface, which I don't... I, can, I couldn't find any other vintage weird thing that that really depicts prune face like this that isn't tied to the action figure i i didn't know if there was much else out there so that's that's why i picked this but do do either of you own one of these collect all 79 displays i have one you have one john okay yeah I, I, yeah I, was it tough to come by like i i've i've you know heard that of the two jedi displays that have the characters on them that I assume that the 79 is, is tougher to find. Anytime I saw it, it was already like sold already. Then finally one came up for sale and I saw it. And I was like, Oh, okay. Then I finally, I, I picked it up. Okay. So the, the, the figures are Han Trench, Han Trench. Yep. Klaatu, Wicket, mm-hmm. Prune Face and the Emperor. Yeah, and so I, I figured, you know, this is the out of all those characters, Pruneface is the last one that we're doing that, that's featured. I'm like, we gotta, we gotta get this in here somehow. But I, that's a good it, point. Yeah, I mean, it's the like that depiction. All these depictions are are really, really good. I mean, the Emperor looks great. I thought it was interesting that they they went with the the regular or like the first Klaatu and not Klaatu Skiff, mm-hmm. um, which would have fit in with all these other guys as like as the '77 back characters but um yeah i don't know i i just 
this picture of Pruneface just, uh, I don't know. Can you guys think of any other things where he's he's depicted like this? Do we need to call Duncan? Yeah. I mean, he yeah, have I an think answer. That's probably true. Yeah, for something this big, I mean, this is uh, probably not. It's probably the most prominent you'll ever see Pruneface yeah. you know, for <laughs> advertising, yeah, most think... likely. He's on the marquee with, with the Emperor and, and Wicked and Han Solo, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's, I, really, I, there's really not much else, yeah. unfortunately. Like the, we mentioned the coloring book, I think, before. Yeah. But I'm trying to, I'm struggling to come up with anything even besides that, not just, you know, store displays yeah. or anything like that. There's just not yeah. a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, like, it doesn't show up in, at least from what I could tell, like any weird food premiums or, <laughs> or anything. Like, I, yeah, I, I like that he's, he's really kind of he's a rarity in that sense i don't know but he was supposed to be on the coin but that got scrapped yeah i was gonna ask you about that yeah. so so Printface had he had a, a power of the force card back that obviously wasn't produced and so there was a coin that it wasn't just him though right it was what was the coin about there's a few different versions i got one of the photocopies from tom derby and it just okay. says heroes on it it's Face, Leia, Han, and Nine Numb, the one that I got. <laughs> okay. That's a great image. It really is. Oh, that man. helps to correct some of the diversity problem that we have here. Because <laughs> it's yes. like, look at these two. What the hell are those things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's, oh, man. Uh, so so are there other other like preliminary like, coin sketches that have Printface too? Or, or are they all just kind of iterations on this <sighs> same? I think there was another. I see off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. Okay. I think it might have been the same characters, just kind of like presented differently. Okay. You know, the, yeah. just the arrangement of the characters. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to investigate and see. Okay. What, what do you uh, think is his expression, prune face? Constipated. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's made out of prunes. How could yeah. he possibly be constipated? <laughs> it is true, though. Or is he relieving himself? Anyways, oh, no. I'm saying that halfway through. <laughs> I, I I do like the uh, the collect all seventy nine because I like to imagine that Wicket is pulling the stick the the stick out of Pruneface's head because <laughs> like if if you look at it, it looks like he could be trying to remove this stake that's gone through his head. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> now that you say that, it's possible. Yeah, if you look at it quick. Yeah. Because like it would be fun to try to come up with a narrative. Like, what would all five of these things be doing in the same place? Like, none of them the are in the on, same place. The expression on his face looks like he could have been stabbed with a spear too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a yeah. Is he alive or is he dead? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It, I like. I, I, we talked about. The, earlier in the show before you guys came on there was this early sketch of the character and, and his expression is it's pretty angry looking and i you know i like to think of him as kind of a, a, a grumpy character but <laughs> i don't know other times he's just kind of looking like he's like just staring off into space but <laughs> but, but before we get to the market watch game i think yeah why don't we do a double lightning round right just ask ask because i don't think we, john we have we ever even had you on the show <laughs> no Never. It's really so. So let's start with let's start with Mark because because John, Mister Shy Guy, uh, John Peck has been monopolizing the conversation, I'm not letting Mark get in word in edgewise. You know, Steve, I hate it. I hate it when people don't let people get in words edgewise. Steve, don't you hate it too? I bet you do. I'm sure that you do. Okay, so let's keep going here. 
All right. So, uh, what is your favorite bad lines from a Star Wars movie? From the entire saga, from uh, the Mummy Returns all the way through uh, the Last of the Skywalkers. Okay, let's oh start with my. Mark. What's your favorite bad line from any Star Wars movie? I'm going with Misa Jar Jar Binks. Okay. Wow. Lots of Jar Jar hate on this episode. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How about you, John? What's your favorite bad line? I you know I I try to put this movie out of my brain so I, I can't remember the quote exactly um, the Rose Tico line from the Last Jedi okay okay uh, where they're uh, what's that the the casino plan she said something ridiculous I don't even remember I, I couldn't tell you we'll, we'll get back to me later I'll, I'll try and look it up <laughs> is this is this the lines guy that you wonderfully recreated you when you were when you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I Don't you say uh, you dummy or something to him, right? Oh, something like that? Oh, I love you, dummy. Oh, I don't know. That's not I a good remember. line. Okay. That's a different one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, for a couple of guys who collect an unloved character, you're really going for some low-hanging fruit here with Rose Tico and Jar Jar. Okay. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so... Um, Mark, what is your grail item? Oh man, I, right now, I don't even know. Uh, the hard copy was my grail item. Probably actually probably the 79 back store display. Cause I don't have that one, unfortunately. Okay. That shouldn't be too hard. And, all right. How about you, John? Uh, the power of the force prune face carded samples, a pretty nice piece. Huh, and that's yeah, that's true. That's that is in existence, and there's just one of them. It is, I I know it's in existence because I've seen it before in person. Okay, so it's a carded sample, so probably like a like a proof with a like toy a toy fair, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that Can I change be... my answer now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't I won't use the same one, but that, that got me thinking. I I drew a blank there when you first asked that. There is um. There's a painted first shot, right? That's painted over like a red prune face first shot. It's like a hand painted first shot. That's really? pretty sweet. Um, yeah. And so it, it would probably be either that or like the proto mold or something, I guess, if I was going with just Star Wars, quote unquote, grail pieces. Do, do, you, do you know about this red prune face, John? No, no. I'm, I'm an idiot because I, I had one there's one I had years ago and I, at the time I was like, ah, I don't want this hand painted one. It's got, it's got dates on it. I, I'm going to upgrade later. And I sold it and, and I never did. So I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay. So Steve, what, what's our next, what's our next one here? Uh, and you had to grab one item. What, what would it be? We'll start with Mark. Uh, I think it would be the hard copy. It would be the print face hard copy. Okay. That, that'd just be it. And, and, and you, uh, John, it's tough. Um, it's very, very difficult. Uh, one of my favorite pieces, actually, um, for the micro micro collection, uh, I have a Lando, uh, one of the silicone molds for one of the four ups. That's actually one of my favorite pieces. Okay, so not even a prune face thing. You're just gonna let all. It's, the... eh, it's tough. I don't know. It's that... Very difficult. That, that that little boy who's looking at his VHS, trying to remember, you're just 
You're just kicking him into the, into the slipknot pit. Uh, I don't know. It's very, it's very tough. <laughs> All right, and then uh, finally, if you were a vintage, an item of vintage Star Wars collectible, like not like what would you like to be, but what would you actually be if you were a vintage Star Wars item? What what represents you? No, uh, well, you'd say Rancor Keeper is the obvious one. Okay, well, why why is that the obvious one? A little chubby and bald, so that that's like a no brainer. Oh, you you don't mean compassionate and uh... yeah, there's yeah. Well, I love love animals, so yeah, right. So he was crying when his uh, Rancor died, so my puppies die, so it's similar. I mean, we've had a lot of uh, chubby and bald dudes on this show, and none of them have said that. So, you know, don't be too well. hard on yourself. <laughs> All right. Okay, how about, how about you, Mark? I, what's really funny is I was going to go the exact same route, except for I'm not bald. Okay. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. Chubby, love love animals. Don't mind living in a hole, you know, being secluded. I, I don't know. <laughs> so you, fitting. so you both collect prune face, and you both identify as rancor keepers. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure, but I think you're both very woke. I don't understand how this all works, <laughs> but I think there's some kind but, of. But I do collect rancor keeper stuff as well, though. That's true. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought only Ron's focused on uh, rancor keepers. <laughs> okay all right wow that was unexpected to you okay in that case i am super excited for the market watch game i am going to nail you guys i was gonna say i'm gonna nail you guys oh boy i am going to nail both of you guys i am just gonna go i'm gonna go at it like a like a rob amantia meme you guys are not gonna know what hit you so that's... i'm gonna be terrible i already know that oh, oh yeah yeah that's in here one dollar fix market watch what okay everybody so i had to re-record uh that the one dollar vix thing because uh, of copyright so that's the new version <clears throat> and you can hear my wife talking to my daughter in the background and then i say one dollar vix market watch and she says what because she had no idea what i was doing you want to hear it again you want to hear it again let's hear it again you should tie your One dollar VIX, market watch. What? Don't don't sell yourself short just yet. Alright, so we've got <laughs> we've got five prune face items here. Um, obviously there's not quite a, a huge range of, of variety available, so I'm gonna I tried to keep it you know, get a little bit of variety here. So to start off, we just have it's an ungraded carded Return of the Jedi prune face, uh, seventy-seven back with the Anakin offer sticker on the front so it's ungraded uh it's got some got a little bit of card damage on the front the bubble isn't horribly yellow it's just slightly yellow um that's about all you really need to know so what, what do you think um uh sky let's start with you on this one okay so i have to think here all right. <laughs> you guys have to lock in your number you can't just yeah, go so based on mine yeah so get your numbers down all right i'm going to say Seventy-two dollars. Okay, uh, Mark, what what do you think? I'm going one hundred and twenty-five. Okay, and John. Uh, my first thought was seventy-five dollars. 
Ooh, 69.99 point for Sky. Uh-oh. Oh my god. Uh-oh, we're doing the prices right. Uh, off, <laughs> off to a off to a We we didn't even figure here. out what the stakes were going to be. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Round 1 is over. All right. Round 2. We've got an AFA graded 70 trilogo. So this uh, this prune face. We haven't talked about the trilogo. It's yeah, good to talk have... about the trilogo. There's not too yeah. much to talk about with prune face. That's true. And I, this is something it reminds me of something I forgot to bring up earlier. But it, there's this item on the archive. It's a you know how for Revenge of the Jedi characters they had those mock-ups um, with the black and white paste-up pictures of of the new characters that were just put on old card backs. So there there's this one that's a Luke Skywalker Return of the Jedi card that has a very similar color scheme to this Trilogo. It's got that kind of reddish-orange, and it has a little prune face tag just pasted on the front, and that's it. It just says prune face, but it's a Luke Skywalker original yeah. <laughs> uh, mock-up. And Why does it say prune face? I, I, my only assumption is that you know maybe they were going to be creating some kind of mock-up similar to the earlier Jedi figures, and they just didn't do the picture, or they were just saying maybe he's going to go with this color scheme. For, for the the nameplate, but I love that it's it's Luke Skywalker with a prune face uh, label on it. It's like the most iconic and the least iconic. It's it's you know that the, the xenophobe prune face would absolutely hate this thing if he yeah. saw it. <laughs> anyway, so the the tri logo has the the red the reddish kind of color scheme as as the the Luke card. Anyway, so yeah, graded seventy. This one has one of those KB stick uh, stickers that's two for a dollar. Uh, obviously, uh, well, yeah, I guess that's about all you really need to know. AFA 70 try logo prune face. Um, uh, let's, let's do a, a snaking order here. Why don't we start with John on this one? Okay. <laughs> John, what do you think? Uh, wait, 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 just, just, I, I need to lock in my number. I need to mentally yeah. lock in my number. So it's an AFA 70 prune face. AFA I don't know. 70. I don't know how rare try logo prune faces are. So I'm just, I have to be honest. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have my number set. Okay, John, what do you think? I'll say two twenty-five. Two twenty-five. All right. And what about you, Mark? Uh, I'm going one fifty. One fifty. Okay. And Sky. The, the number I have is one hundred and sixty-nine. <sighs> Dang, one hundred and sixty-four, sixty-three. Wow. <laughs> Sky. Uh, all right, you ready for item number three? God, I can't lose. <laughs> all right so uh, up next we have uh, just a a standard bagged prune face this is the kenner baggy the blue kenner logo it says made in hong kong uh what do you guys think a bagged prune face would sell for um all right sky let's let's go back to you again I just, again i don't know about kooky baggy collectors <laughs> I just want my prune face blue perm. Okay, um, my blue sperm poo face. Okay, um, I just want I want blue sperm poo face. Um, I haven't been getting much sleep. I've been getting up way too early to go to work. Doing all my emails. You're all, you're all, you're almost there, Scott. You you have you have a I'm couple not of speaking poo- about I'm a, a couple of poo- my blue sperm poo face. Okay. Um, I just want, I want, I just 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 want, I
I just want I want the sperm to face. Spoon face items to go and you will be We're off. just waiting for the dream to talk, right? I don't have my headphones in, so I'm just saying whatever I normally say. All right, um, let's let's okay. have it. Okay. Uh I'm gonna say fifty one dollars. Fifty one. All right. Uh Mark, what do you think? I'm going fifty one oh one. Fifty one oh one. Can I do that? <laughs> it's been done. <laughs> All right. And John? Uh, $62. 67 point to John. All right. We got, we got, oh. so yeah. All right. To recap, we got the carded figure for 69.99. We got the tri logo for 164. Now we got the baggie for 67. All right. We got two more to go. All right. Up next, we have a, uh, a resealed Lily Letty carded prune face. So right. I, I is it is it oh my god I would hate to see because you know how Lily ladies get all weird with like the drawing and the art and stuff is it just even weirder than that? <laughs> it looks it's a weird. I have one. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, John. What 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 is bizarre it's about? It's like the very body? it's very reddish looking. The colors on it, the card, uh, like the his, card back like compared his, to uh, the the U.S. one. Okay, so like the the cape is kind of more reddish looking. All just the I image have, in general. Yeah, it's just it's very reddish where it's like all like browns, you know, in the US mm-hmm. version. This is like it's more reddish. Okay. Yeah, that that doesn't come through quite in this in this picture. It looks yeah, dark yeah, for sure. It's almost like a maroon, like a purple Maroon, yeah, yeah. That's oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. more maroon's a good uh description. Maroon. <laughs> okay, so a resealed Prune face, I, 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 it seems like all the, you know, the figures original Lily Letty, the bubbles original, it's just been reglued on to a Letty card back. What do you guys think? Um, okay, I guess, yeah, we're gonna start with John on this one. <sighs> it's weird. Those are weird. Uh, they are. They are. All, a lot of them are resealed. There, a lot of them fall off the bubble, so it's kind of mm-hmm. common. Yeah. Uh, Five eighty-five. 585. All right. Mark, what do you think? Uh, well, I've been horribly wrong on all these, so I'm just going <laughs> to stick to that pattern. I'm going to say 350. Three, 350? Okay. Yeah. And Sky, are you awake, Sky? You yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, thinking about my blue sperm proof face. Um, <laughs> if I win, you guys both have to wear t shirts that say, Ask me about blue sperm proof face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're change, changing the deal here. Hey. I think John wants to wear a shirt that says, Ask me about Bruce Perm Pooh Face. I went a lot higher and I said 700. 700. All right. Well, let's see. Mark gets this one. All right. It's 371. Oh, so, oh wow. That was a bargain. So they got a bargain on that, I think. Yeah. 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 So. Sky, if you win this next one, you you win it. But then otherwise, I shoot, I needed to get another item if we have a... <laughs> All right, let's yeah, see. Keep making up items like a beat Sky if you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, yeah. That is a tactic I need to employ more often. Um, all right. <laughs> so the last thing I, I, had, I had picked for this... Uh, John, you're going to hate this. It's, it's the modern uh, vintage collection uh, carded Orimarco, parentheses, print oh. face. So this this is I don't know what year this is probably from a few years back. Um, it's you know it's a nice uh, nice condition modern like vintage collection prune face with the the revamped sculpt. 
what do you think what do you guys think let's i guess let's see we're we're back to uh <laughs> who went last there that was sky so yeah sky you're gonna start this what do you think okay <laughs> there are some crazy people out there with these there, modern vintage collection things there are so i'm gonna yeah. say yeah 101 dollars 101 okay uh all right mark what do you think I'm going to say 80. 80. Okay. Um, and John? I don't know because they are weird. Some of these that just came out a few years ago are worth like $200 now, which is ridiculous. So uh-huh. it's 150. 150. Whew. One nineteen ninety nine. Sky. Ask me about blue sperm poo face. <laughs> and then, yeah. John, I want you to have a blueprint of prune face, and when they ask you, to show them the blueprint, okay? And that's just it. And you'll have the best celebration ever because you'll just be walking around, and people will say, "Okay, tell me about blue sperm poo face," and then you just show a blueprint for that figure. Okay. Well, that's uh, well, enough torching our merry prankster, I suppose. Well, well done. You, you all, you all at least got one, so that that's that's all. It's all yeah. good. Uh, that makes me feel. Yeah, better. these these vintage collection figures, man. I, I I just time and time again, you can see the original Kenner one selling for quite a bit less than than the the modern yeah. counterpart. That's uh, that's something. Well, it's good talking to those guys, Steve. I can't yes, believe that yeah. was the, the first time ever talking to uh, ever talking to John on the show. I, I think of yeah. <laughs> it's funny because this has happened before, where you, we think of someone we've known for a long time that that's like affiliated with a specific character that happens to be at like the last part of the, the toy lines. So we're like, right. oh yeah, we're gonna talk to so and so, and it's like eight years later that, <laughs> that yeah. happens. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's here from from someone like Mark to it. I don't know. I don't know very well, and, um, but obviously, you know. No, but like I've, I've liked everything that I've ever seen him say or do. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, like exactly that's the, that whole. Yeah. That's the thing we talk about sometimes on the show about the whole like, you know, new collector versus older collector, and it's just a question of time. It's just like yeah, how much time do you actually have to talk to somebody when you only see them once a year? And so then new people who like seem awesome, you know, like you have to really put in work to like. You know, mate, yeah, but yeah, I'm so I, I am fading out, Steve. It's been it's been a rough <laughs> beginning. So if you don't know, like the job of a chair, it's it's like all the things that I used to be really bad at, like sitting in in meetings and just so many emails. It's just like imagine <laughs> if every email that you got in your inbox you had to do something about. Like you had to like talk to two other people. Like that's what the job of a chair is. So. Yeah, that that I I can you know I, I have to applaud you for for getting through that sky, knowing you personally and your yeah <laughs> your, your connections with email and I, that no 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 seriously um, though that, no, it's, I'm, it's... I'm going to get better and it's going to be good, you know. So so I am going to hit stop here soon, <laughs> and then we're going to go to part two. Sounds good of this ep- <laughs> of this episode. So I don't know how to do that while saying goodbye. <laughs> Wait, you know what? I'll see you on I, the other, I am on going the other to retroactively side. do an interstitial. God damn it. <laughs> well,
Womp womp. <laughs> Welcome to Kivecast. No, that was my adios, Wampa Wampa. Okay. <laughs> That's how we do it. Uh, the, the That's perfect how we do it. That's yeah. exactly how we do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, and also, I'm in last place in fantasy baseball, and it's not even close. How, how am I not? I have to be. My team is so bad, Steve. You are three points ahead of me. No way. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we're almost, we got a month left. We'll see if I can hang on. To, and I'm to trying. Last place. I'm trying. And I'm, I'm that bad. So there you go. <laughs> my my uh, condolences. I, I think you'll, you'll turn it around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, have a good time in Pennsylvania. Thanks. So, yeah, sounds good. I'll, I'll be doing some recording and stuff. So yeah, look forward to hearing it. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Good night. The Force is back. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast, hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, and Stephen B. Danley. Hey, Steve. You know, I don't like the way we said goodbye there. You know, it was all confusing. And uh, I'm thinking about how am I going to talk about Pennsylvania International Collector's Event, you know, the price, the Keystone Ice event. And I realize as I'm sort of driving here through rural Pennsylvania, I should make it like a postcard to you, you know, because you can't be here and a lot of collectors can't be here because of COVID and because of their schedules and all that. So I'm going to, I'm just going to go and each stop, you know, I'm showing up late, right? Showing up here uh, on Friday evening as opposed to Thursday evening when everything started. But, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be here. I might leave a little bit early as well, but I'm just going to take part in as much as I can. And at each stop, I'm going to write you an audio postcard, Steve, and tell you the things I've seen, the people I've talked to, the collectibles I've farted on. So I just look forward to uh, getting back into the studio with you and recording. But until then, here's my postcard to you. Before I get going here to, uh, to one of these houses, I should probably mention the one thing, which is it's not entirely accurate to say that it's just a question of a lot of people were invited and couldn't make it. It is a frank truth about these ICE events, international collector events, um, that a lot of people aren't invited. And every time we talk about these things, I think it's important to emphasize what they are and what they are not. So because some people are invited and other people aren't, it inevitably feels like some kind of judgment or some kind of in-group versus some kind of out-group, which of course it is on some level, right? It'd be unrealistic to say that that's completely inaccurate. But to understand the way these things work, you have to understand how they are, like, done. So usually there is some kind of formal or informal regional collector group at the center of everything. They organize everything. They coordinate everything. It takes a year to two years of preparation in terms of booking events and hotel blocks and finding venues and menus and swag coordination and invitation lists and transportation and COVID regulations and all that stuff, right? It's an enormous amount of work by these people. And they let people into their homes, okay? The place where they put their kids to bed, uh, they let people into their homes, look around, walk around, poke around, and see what's happening. So the way to be invited to these things is for the people who are in those houses to want you in their house or to know you well enough to invite you. And if, if you're not invited, it doesn't mean you're not liked. It means there's only a certain number of people that can go in to a house, right? 
and you know this isn't uh, this isn't the Anaheim Convention Center, right? These are just like small houses, so it's a limited amount of people who can be invited. So if you're not invited, I mean, it's pretty easy to be invited if you're a member of one of these clubs, right? If you just member one of these clubs and the event happens to happen in your area, you're basically grandfathered in, right? So anyway, I just wanted to say that that I understand people feel bad about not being invited. Um, I know I would feel terrible and I would feel bitter if I weren't invited, but that's just the reality. And I will say at one of these events, there was a huge collector who was not invited. I mean, one of the probably top five most important collectors in the history of the vintage hobby in terms of collecting information and sharing information and, and being a center of the hobby, okay? A guy who's been around for way more than 20 years. And he wasn't invited because... So, there you go. <laughs> like, it just happened. It's not a question of, you know, in or out or this or that. It's just a limited amount of people to be let into your house. All right, so I've just said that. But let's let's go and uh, let's go check out this this cool collection here. Okay, Steve. So uh, you can't be here, but uh, I'm currently in uh, Bruce Lieberman's house uh, at the first leg. I was able to make it to, and I found something for our podcast this month. It's actually a uh, it's a two pack, and it's a two pack with uh, Prune Face and Bib Fortuna. So it's like exactly the two pack that would confuse you into thinking that Prune Face is actually a Java character. That might be the coolest possible prune face two pack. Prune prune face two pack. God damn it, I love saying prune face. Prune face blueprints. Prune prune face two pack. My blue sperm blue face. Okay. Um. I just want I want blue sperm blue face. Hey Steve, I'm still in Bruce Lieberman's collection. Uh, he has a, a crazy. Uh, Sai Snoodles collection. So I think we're going to have to talk to him when we get to Sai Snoodles, which we should eventually do. He has this insane collection with like all these drawings and proofs and like seems like chromalins, like marked up chromalins and he has just as much Sai Snoodles and Max Rebo stuff as you can imagine. My personal favorite is the French version of Sai Snoodles uh, of Max Rebo and his band. The Max Rebo band is L'Orchestre Max Ribot. It's pretty, pretty cool. Oh, okay, one second. So we, we, we're now here with Chris Jorgulius. He's here too, Steve. I'm, I'm doing this as a letter to Steve. So uh, what in Bruce Lieberman's collection do you want to talk about, Chris Jorgulius? Well, see, uh, the most important pieces I've, I've identified here are um, some of the, the uh, uh, prop-related pieces. We have a piece of crate dragon bone here that was found in the Tunisian desert. Uh, comes with a, a crude uh, COA here, signed by some guy named Chris Georgopoulos. Oh, it's that right is here. Chris Georgopoulos. Yeah. Oh my God, from yeah. the archive. From the art, yeah. Amos says Star Wars Collector's Archive. And then there's some uh, uh, costume parts, unused costume parts from the Wampa costume that were sourced from the Irvin Kirshner, uh, sorry, it's the Stuart Freeboard archives. And, and why, um, why is your signature on that, Chris? On... Um, you know, I can't, I think I got those from a collector. It came, Prop Store originally helped Stuart Freeborn uh, dismantle his, 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 his um, studio and sell off uh, the parts. And that's where that came from. So and I ended un- up with those. Unused wampa teeth. Yeah, extra wampa teeth. And like, um, uh, these are uh, 
sort of like the eye lenses from the costume. They're just clear. They were they're vacuum form pieces. Wow, that's... And Bruce bought these for me many years ago. I can't remember what year, but... And Bruce's got an awesome collection. He's got awesome taste. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think you're right. It's not just a collection. He has taste. Yeah, it's great variety. I like seeing it. It's a, it a lot of good... It's a mix of things, not things, you know, you, you, you've totally seen uh, everywhere. And it spans all eras, uh, many types. Over here, I'm, I especially like these little... He's got a little mini slide projector here with some uh, reference slide from Lucasfilm. And he's got a, three of them here from the Holiday Special. Wow. One's from the cartoon... One's from the end of the show, uh, the life, life Day scene. And then there's another one with Luke in the hangar with R2. And it's Mark Life Day. Oh, uh, with the Dorothy Hamill haircut. Dorothy Hamill haircut. Now, one of my favorite things is a modern thing. It's the 1997 commemorative edition of the Hong Kong thing. I mean, it's like geopolitical, right? Because that was the year that Hong Kong was handed over from England to China. And so it's like a weird Star Wars toy. And like so many toys were made in Hong Kong. And they just have these weird three figures here of Luke, Leia, and 3PO. It's, it's pretty wild. I mean, you were collecting back then. Have you seen those a bunch? You know, you know, now that I see it, it does ring a bell. And I think you have a good, some good points there. It's, but you know what? It's out of my wheelhouse. Okay, he's picking up off the shelf. No, I'm just going to try to maneuver it a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it's I, interesting. It's, it's the, the monkey face Leia, the buff Luke, and the C-3PO from that set. But it's interesting that why well, they picked those three characters out of everybody. You have the Hong Kong skyline here. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool piece. All right, yeah. well, Yehuda's also here. Before he knocks over an entire bookshelf filled with uh, toys, is there anything in particular you want to talk about? Oh, because we were talking see. to Steve about his collection, about Bruce Lieberman's collection. Yeah, you know, I was really enjoying looking at some of the foreign comic books he has out on the stand over here. Oh, that's your thing. Come on, let's go look at those. We're going to walk over, look at some of these foreign comic books. Uh, Brian Angel is over here, leafing through, knocked a couple of them over on the ground. Don't tell Bruce. I won't. I won't, but you just told the whole world. Yeah, I did. Yeah, the, whole, <laughs> the whole world's listening. Well, all nine of us. But, you know, over here, we have one of the classic Marvel comics, number 11, and right next to it is the version from Israel. And all the Israeli comics actually, of course, open the other direction because the language reads the opposite direction. And it's nice to be able to see the differences. And when you're looking at it, you see the changes that they were able to make to make it transfer over nicely to the children of the other country, but still the similarities. Now, now in the back of the American, it's got a, a Pete Rose on there. Or is that Johnny Bench? That's Johnny That's Bench. That's Johnny Bench. And on the back of the Israeli version, what does it say? Oh, it's it's actually an advertisement for other Marvel comics here for Spider-Man and here for the Incredible Hulk and here for Star Wars again. Wow, very so. cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad I asked, Yehuda, which is what I rarely say before after talking. Oh. You, you ass. <laughs> okay, uh, I've been playing uh, foosball uh, with Yehuda. I'm winning uh, four to three. Gus took over for me. So what cream face items exist? that are not the coloring book or the action figure? Is there anything vintage-related prune face? Uh, put me on the spot, please. Um, let me see. I think there's a Dixie cup, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, I'll double-check with that and get back to you. Okay. Um, okay. Now, now, Gus, how, how is this foosball game going? It's going great. It's, it's zero, zero. Zero, zero. We're both equally bad at this. So. <laughs> Well, that's what you're missing, Steve. We're, we're playing foosball with uh, the vintage luminaries down here. 
And apparently there's probably a Dixie cup. That's the sad state of Pruneface. I mean, it depends on if you count the pictures of the Rebel briefing, uh, where you can kind of see him in the background. Okay. There's a few little spots like that, but... Ah, uh, uh, yeah, that, that might be some more things. Yes, there. right. Um, but that's about the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. All right, well, you have, you have all weekend to think about it, Duncan. Okay. <laughs> okay, Steve, so... Um, I just went to the bathroom and there was like eight people in here all partying and then I came out and it's totally empty. So I'm just going to go near the speaker where they're playing the Mego desk disco thing and just say goodbye to you for this first day. Reporting to you from uh, Pennsylvania Ice. So peace out, my brother. Okay, so I'm now at the room sales uh, here in this hotel in Golf Court Road. And Bill Cable is going to be buying something. It is a picture of C-3PO. He's buying it from Chris Jorgulius. Chris Jorgulius just gave him a $5 certificate. What is it, Brian Angel? Press photo from the holiday special. Right, so it's a press photo, and it's the nicest C-3PO has ever looked, Bill. It is, absolutely. He looks a little bit chunky compared to, like, the, the film version, which is yeah. surprising. Uh, he's making, like, a brother pose, doesn't he? He kind of is like, hey, brother, I'm pretty C3. All right, Bill, let's get a picture of you with it. All right, so we're, we're, we're outside. We're outside of the room sales, Steve. And Mark Ruciano just bought something that you might like. And Ross Barr thinks that he shouldn't have. So let's tell the story. What is this thing, first of all? Wait, why am, I, am I telling this story? Yeah, yeah. What is this thing? Okay, so this is this is an unused label from L Street Studios for audio audio reels, right? That could be a thirty-five millimeter, could be sixteen, could be quarter-inch tape, right? From the soundstage, unused. And it says sound department, EH, is, uh, EMI Studios, Borhamwood Heats, it would still Magnetic Master. Yes, it would still fit on, on, on larger quarter-inch audio. But they used it for 35 and 16 uh, Yes, correct. Well, you know, Unless they could you have used they're it liars. For, they could have used it for anything. No, this is... This, <laughs> they printed it Think of it there. this way. This is, this is a production house that just makes their library department and archive department just makes labels. That's all they're doing is making labels during this time, and this is unused. Okay, so, so this was at, at Duncan Jenkins' booth. And yesterday... Yes. Richard Duncan Jenkins, if you look at his yes. PayPal handle. Yes, uh, J. Richard, uh, J. Richard Duncan, Duncan Esquire yes, Richard, uh, Jenkins. The third. The third. The, the third. third. So, so he was out there for yeah. sale. He was on his yacht. And, yeah. and everyone was talking to Mark and saying, Hey, Mark, you have to check this out because you do audio stuff. Yeah, everyone audio does stuff. all two people. And then the estimable Ross Barr, who actually is Esquire. Are you actually Esquire? Indeed, I am. I'm an attorney practicing law. Correct. Okay, yes. so yeah. so um, uh, he, just, he just texted you his V card. So J. Okay. J Ross Bar uh, at Vineyard Vines Esquire. I'm attorney uh, Ross Bar. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not seeing the shirt, but there's there's a shirt that is Vineyard Vines. Yeah, same one that matches the billboard. So so he's like so Mark is up there and he's like trying to like kind of maybe figure out what the price the is. Or, he's on the fence. Yeah, yeah. on the fence about a decision. The, 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 I, 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 I didn't even know it. You're just looking at the. To be honest with you, the the walk up seeing you looking at it. Street Magnetic Master label market is thin. Right, right. right. So it's, it's, <laughs> not, not many to be found yeah. on the market Ross for is, sure. Ross is, this is the opportunity of a lifetime for you. I'm not recognizing yeah. that fact. It's like one of those pieces where Duncan looked at the guest list and was like, Mark's going to be there? I'll throw this <laughs> right. stupid little it was sticker in. Specifically brought it's for you. It's labeled $7, 125 <laughs> now. 
So it's labeled $125. And now, do we want to hear Ross say it or do we want to hear Mark impersonating Ross? Okay, let's, let's see. Mark impersonating. Okay, so, so how, how does this go here? Uh, wait, what am I, what am I saying? So you're walking in, you have to say... So okay, yeah, so I finally yeah. peruse and, or I sashay over to peruse such pile. In your I, salmon shorts. In my, no, wait, I, this I is me. This is me. This is me, Mark Ruggiano, and I'm standing there staring at it. And then, like, Skippy McSalmon shorts over here, like, strolls in in his flippies. Or you can hear it, like, like, coming up, and he's just, like... Busts in, you know, smelling like. Uh, he's just like, oh my there's god. Gonna be, there's gonna be some editing. <laughs> oh my god, look at. <laughs> could you imagine somebody spending 125 dollars on this? I'd punch them in the face <laughs> if they did this, right? I'm, I'm, I'm and a meanwhile, pretty nonviolent uh, person, generally yeah, speaking. That's how angry I don't know. I'd actually do that. Nor did at the time did I tie the connection to what you, you do. I was just, I was just like, thumbing what, the, through. what the heck is yeah, this? Yeah, and it's so, yeah. it's so dumb. It's so dumb. For like, I have, I have a thousand erasers I can sell you for. For that, if you'd like, right. yeah. And so then all night he's been talking about it, whether or not he should buy it. And I did what I call. I got something. I got. I talking about something. Right? I, I want did you to look at something. And, I did what I, and get the Ross out of my head. Yes. yes. Exactly. And and I I do what I call Yehuding it, where if you ever need to buy something, call Yehuda, ask him if you should buy it, Ooh, and he will you give happy? you a thousand reasons why you should buy it. He will never tell you no. You could like buy a you killing machine and be like, exactly. should I pay buy this me killing machine for ten thousand dollars? And what happened it when you were talking about the you killing machine? I think you should get it. <laughs> you don't want anybody else to have that. They'll kill you. <laughs> you gotta buy that. So, anyways, I convinced him to buy it, and he got her for a hundred dollars. Is he that right? Did. Yeah. Yes, that was. I, Duncan even offered it for a hundred before I even said anything to and him. And it was a bargain because, little known, like the guy who had put the sticker on the actual Star Wars can, he actually first picked up this sticker. So yeah. this was going to be the one, but DNA then he was like, it. "Nah." Because yeah. he, this little brown smudge, and he then he's. Might, might I see it? I'm, I'm now, after this conversation, yeah. Mark, you have my blessing. You now have my blessing on your purchase. God bless you. May you live long and yes. enjoy this piece. Yes. Rock, Put it Rock, just take he this, wanted it. Right, right. I was angling the whole weekend. Yeah, but can you take a punch in the face back? <laughs> right, I did promise to punch uh, that uh, person in the face. Right, I mean, yeah. All right, we'll, we'll get to we'll the punch later, Steve. All right, sleep tight. Hi, Steve. It's Sky again. We're driving uh, to go visit Brad's place because I missed Brad Portnoy's place last time. I wish I was in the car with you. Instead, I'm in the car with Mark Ruciano and Bill Cable. Say hi to... This is a, a podcast uh, postcard, guys. That's what it's called. Hello. So um, we're driving, and it's wild because there was a tornado here. That's where the wind... Not okay. right now. Not right now. Right. But like, we're driving... Those, those trees, like that whole wooded area, everything is Stripped down. Wow. There's just trees just falling down everywhere. The CVS, the roof is completely destroyed. Oh, wait, they're just doing. Oh, my God. There's like signs falling over. Everything is completely crazy because there was a huge tornado here just before. And Dogs and cats living together. Yeah. So, anyways, well, I'll record something for you when we get there. But I just thought I'd mention that there's this crazy, like, we're driving through like a tornado war zone. Um, and, you know, as I like to say, here I am, I'll rock you like my name, Sky Payne. But this is more than a hurricane. It's more than a feeling. Steve, I, I, I hate to tell you, but you're really missing something here at Brad Portnoy's. I missed it going yesterday, but he's allowing me to invade his house. And it is uh, Chewbacca heaven here. And the reason that I love it is not because it's like all the stuff that no one could ever afford. 
it's all the stuff that no one would be smart enough to track down. So it's like, I mean, I can't even explain all this stuff. I mean, he has like both variations of the vintage socks. And I've only got like one of the vintage socks. And the only reason I have one vintage sock is because he had an extra and got it to me. He's got the variations of the, like the erasers and he's got the, just every single like weird card and button and pin. And I really feel like I could spend a couple hours here just with a checklist driving myself crazy. But I think what I'm gonna do is I'm, I have to focus on one thing. I, I think we have to, I think we have to, I'll, I'll ask Mark Ruciano. Hey Mark, what, what's the, the one thing I need to get on the podcast from, from this room? What is the one thing? Oh, yeah. I, think, I think we know, the you? Okay, so, so Brad, opinion, yeah. This, this, this. So, so this is the original artwork for the planet of the Hujibs. Uh, which was a, a, what exactly is Planet of the Hujibs? Only we can use that word, sorry. <laughs> what, what is Planet of the Hujibs, Brad Portnoy? It's uh, a storybook um, with Leia and Chewbacca where they're uh, checking out another planet and um, they run into these animals called Hujibs who wind up being helpful. And uh, it's neat because... Um, Marvel also used them in a couple of their storylines uh, later on in the comics. And so this is the original art. Is this like, what is this, like watercolor or oil or paint? I think it's uh, oil paints on um, Bristol board. Uh, I have the cover artwork and a few interior pages. Wow, and that's, and, and I'm trying to remember, did you get that at the New York Comic Con like five years ago? This was purchased at one of the celebrations in Anaheim. Ah, okay. And I've just, it is really stunning and beautiful. And if you look at it up close, like most original art, you just can't believe the detail that got lost in the production of it. And, and it's a joy. Well, Brad, what's, what's one thing in here that I haven't seen because there's too much here that you think I should see? Um, the t-shirt proof set. Okay. I definitely don't know about this. Okay, so we're talking about the, the, the vintage... Uh, iron-on chewy. So what do you mean proof set? So I have a sealed bag shirt with everything in it. Oh, that's sweet. A beautiful shirt. When you go to the store, they would have a poster hanging up of the iron-on. Right. And then the actual iron-on is still sealed. Wow. So it makes like a neat little run of... You'd go in the store, see that, you'd buy the iron-on, and then you'd have it put on your shirt. Wow. Very sweet. Okay, I'm going to take a picture of you with that. And then we're going to get on to our next stage because we're actually making you wait. We're going to make you late to the next stop. But I've I've got to come by and and live here. Hi, hi Steve. I'm now in uh, Steve Renzi's collection. And I'm with Duncan, who's asking to take something down off the wall. So beyond the fact that I'm in my second Chewbacca collection room, it makes me feel like I need to be a better Chewbacca collector and a better man, just in general. Uh, I'm now here with Duncan, who confirms there was no prune face Dixie cup, but there is one of these masks, which I have never seen before. It's a Japanese mask. So what, what exactly, it says 83 there, doesn't yeah, it? Yep, yep. Okay, so it's from 1983, and the company, let's see if I can pronounce this, is um, Ogawa, yeah, Ogawa Gumu. And um, KKK, KKK, yeah, but I've only it's what it says, but I've only ever seen it just called Ogawa Guma um, or Ogawa. Uh, But there's a a line of them that are these kind of rubbery masks, and as you can probably imagine, over time, the the rubber doesn't last very well. It, uh, I have the Vader one, and it just basically kind of folded upon itself and 
it's just kind of nasty looking. It's on the archive if you want something amusing to see. But uh, I had never seen uh, any of the others uh, from this line, and so I've never seen one in the package. It's got a nice header card with some good Empire photos. It's got an amazing picture of C-3PO like underneath the Falcon. I've I mean, I've never seen that image anywhere. And uh, then Darth Vader from Empire also. Lord Darth Vader, V-A-R. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. a nice one. Um, Yoda, Stormtrooper, and Chewbacca, again, all Empire photos. Uh, but it is from 83, and I believe those were the, the rest of the line. But if you look in our book or on the archive, it should give you the full list of, uh, of who all was. So, so I look around here, and I just see all these things that I don't have, and it's driving me crazy. And you see this, Duncan. Yes, I do. And so I was Does like, this drive you? Why don't take pictures? Don't put it back on the wall. Okay, yet. okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it didn't drive me crazy, but it was pretty exciting to see because, um, like I said, I had not um, ever seen one in person in the package before. So that yeah. was cool. It's awesome. Hi, Steve. So now we're in Andy Loney's collection, and uh, Narayan was just asking about the 15-inch Empire, uh, Empire Strikes Back Chewbacca. And Andy said what, Narayan? Can you resume? Uh, can you give us a summary of what he said? He said he retained it from Tom Tumbush, is that correct? And it was a salesman sample, is what he said. And uh, um, they also exist as box flats. And there's also an Australian version that has the Empire label, but this, this is a U.S. And the Australian ones are are fully sealed, right? Like they were sold on the shelves, as I far as we know. So, as far as I know, yeah. Can I ask you a couple more questions while we're here? Sure. Is that really a uh, a, a uh, popey display? Yes. How come I've never seen one before? Because it's super rare. <laughs> and, and how many would they fit in there? Do we know? Uh, 144. Gross. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my god! And where'd you get that? In Japan, at a toy show back in the. Early to mid 2000s. Okay, so so you have a lot of Japanese stuff here, and is that just because you go to Japan a lot? I used to go a lot. Between 1998 and 2008, I'd go like two or three times a year. Wow. And then you also have I've never seen any vintage, like the the laser rifle with Japanese writing on it. Is that is that the only like Japanese writing on a vintage Star Wars thing? What is that? No, there's there are other things like that. I mean, there's a pistol over there too that's like that. A Han pistol. And then there's a 12-inch Leia and Luke's down there that are, oh my God. have Japanese packaging also. Are those the only ones available in the 12-inch with, ja with Japanese? Yes. Yes. So I don't have to track down a Chewie in no, that? No, <laughs> Not that we know of. <laughs> well, did, did you ever hear my interview with uh, Katagiri Yu of the toy shop? This is the second episode of the Kivecast. No, I haven't heard of I didn't that. know that in Japan, it's not polite to say no. Okay. So I would ask him a question, and he would say yes to everything. <laughs> so I would say, are there shrink wrap, are there, uh, are there Takara figures of every character? Yes. Are there shrink wrap versions of every character? Yes. Have you seen them all? Yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, you have a... Okay, do you want me to, to edit this out so we can't hear it? Yes, probably. Okay. Now, well, Steve is not known quite as a shark who will come after you. But, okay. And, and finally, do you have a Panasonic Chewbacca poster that I could even see? No, I do not. God damn it. Okay. That's, like, that's been number one on my list for a long time. Beautiful. After a little rest and relaxation at the hotel, Steve, we're now at Mike DiStefano. You know Mike. He's the guy who does all the working with all the charity money and stuff for the archive party. We're now at his beautiful house, and I just saw something that's really cool. He does autographs. And, you know, autographs, 
when done well, are just amazing. So I want to show you this crazy picture he has of all these Ewoks pounding on stormtroopers. He has it signed by something like maybe 20 to 30 different Ewoks. And it's just an awesome, gigantic size picture. And uh, I think it's a really cool example. He also has, he put together six different Death Star playsets in a circle to make like a full real vintage Death Star playset. It's really quite outstanding. I'll probably talk to you more about this play, Steve. It's really cool. Okay, so, so, so is it Stefano or Stefano? Stefano. Okay, so I'm here with Mike Stefano, and we're, we're talking about the Ewok piece I was just discussing. It's towards the front, it's this one actually. Yeah. It's after all the Macquarie's. Yeah. So he says that it came from a, a very scandalous place. It's right there. Yeah. So, okay. So the, the Ewok piece is a connoisseur series from Watographs, which was a, a big name uh, that did private autograph signings back 10 years ago, 12 years ago, uh, maybe even 20 years ago. And they were a good name. Not, not quite official picks name, but they were a good reputable name out there. And so they did several pieces. They did an Ewoks piece. And I, this is a, I acquired this secondhand. I wasn't in on the other one um, initially, but I loved the idea. Um, so I got into some subsequent ones, um, which you, we're looking at now, uh, Salacious Crumb, which has three signatures on it. But they, all, they were to have a Wookiee piece. They were to have a Hoth piece. Wow. And so, you know, when you're accumulating 10, 20 signatures, it's getting up into hundreds of, if not $1,000 a piece. Right. And so you send them the money and they, they give you updates. And then all of a sudden, the updates stopped. Okay. And, and Watographs no longer gave updates. And then they no longer answered emails. And it kind of fractured the autograph community huh. where it's like, okay, we trusted you with thousands of dollars. Here we are. It is 10 years later, Sky. Uh -huh. I don't know where Gary Price is. I, I've never heard, I've not heard from Gary Price in years. I've heard the name. That was the guy who ran it. Yes. Um, and there were others involved, but Gary was the main guy behind this. He went by Gary X for the longest time. And Gary, if you're listening to this, reach out to me. It'd be yes. nice to just talk to you and understand what went wrong. But as far as we know, all these are authentic autographs. There's no question there, there, There's never been a question about the authenticity of their autographs. They just took a bunch of money and disappeared. Yes. And they used to go to celebrations, and you'd see them there, and they, they roll out posters and get signed. And at the end of the day, I'm out probably two to $3,000. Yikes. You come to terms with it. You yeah. accept it. It's, I'm not happy about it. But, like, you see the quality. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, on the piece. It's yeah. awesome. Like, they, they did the homework. They tracked people down. They did it the right way. Yeah. Just in the end, it, it, it got wrong. Yeah. And they did. I'm not the only one. There are a lot of people out there. Star Wars Autograph Universe has talked about this, made it a, uh, like a, a Facebook post. Who's out there that's in the same boat? Right. Um, many of us have given up hope, but, Gary, like I said, if you're out there, now, awesome to hear from you. Now, you do a lot of autograph stuff. Do you have one particular autograph that you think would just really shine and really blow people away if they saw it that you could take me to here? I have one that comes to mind. Like, it immediately jumps. So, uh, let, me, let me talk about two. Unfortunately, I didn't bring it here. I have it at another place. Okay. It's an original Alec Guinness on a really nice 16 by 20 photo. Okay. But the one I'll show you. So, over here, the Celebration 2. Okay. Um, box set. So okay. That, that is, I acquired that from Ben Stevens, and that is one of the chase sets. It is a complete celebration, too, 
autograph set, and the chase in there is George Lucas. No way. There are not a lot of them out there. Have you opened it up? Can, we, can, 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 can I see it? Okay, let's take a look at it. All right, we'll look at it, and I'll take a picture of it. Thanks so much, Mike. You're welcome, Scott. Okay, so we're, we're actually back now. We're looking at it. According to Mike, he's only ever opened it twice. And it's this awesome picture. He's actually on set of episode two, right? He's on Naboo there, right? Yes, he is. You can see it in the background. Yeah, that is just awesome. And so how many of these are there, do we think? I think there are less than five. I, I can't Whoa. remember if it's three or five. Like, there, there were other chases. You know, there was a Darth Maul chase, uh, Rick McCollum chase. Uh, but this was the one. So yeah, you're not chasing Rick McCallum. <laughs> no, not not the Celebration Two, which the authenticity of a Celebration Two is never in question. They they destroyed all the photos after Celebration Two, and so if you have one that is signed by one of the actors, or in this case George Lucas, it is authentic. This came from Ben Stevens. Right the owner of Official Pick, so it is absolutely authentic. Wow, awesome. We just had to get you back on there again. Okay, so it's now Sunday morning, and I'm here with Mark Rusciano, my roommate, uh, and we've been having a great time hanging around, getting to know each other, Steve. Uh, he's a really cool guy, uh, despite what you were saying before. I uh, edit that out for the podcast. Okay, um, yes. I'm joking, obviously. So uh, what we are is, you know, last night there were like the real room sales, and I was really in bushed. Like an actual room. Yes, it was in Hector's room, uh, and, and they were like. It Brad's, I think, wasn't it? Was it? Was it Brad's or Hector's? It's somebody's room. I think it was Brad's because at the end, Hector was no longer there. Unless Brad was sleeping in Hector's room. That could be the other variable. <laughs> that could be. Well, it was Brad Portnoy's room uh, after we'd visited his house, uh, which I already talked to you about. So um, I'm, I'm there and I'm dead asleep. It's, it's, it's like 3 o'clock in the Definitely morning. And, uh, and Mark had to check if I was awake by turning the spotlight on his phone and shining it in my eyeballs and then saying, Hey, are you sleeping? Mm -hmm. So I woke up, which dad, is great. Dad, 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 dad. Which is great. Uh, um, having uh, Mark and I room together is like um, like a funny, not opposites, not attracting kind of thing. Yeah, it's an 80s sitcom for sure. Yes. Yeah, so we shot an open last night. Yeah. yeah. You know how the opens in the 80s were like 30 to 40 seconds? Yes. And now an open's just like the office. Yes. Okay. So here we are now. So we are... So he, he says, I think I have buyer's remorse. Oh, man. We're not going to put that on a podcast, are uh, we? Of course, yeah. Because buyer's remorse is part of room sales. People don't talk about this. You get uh, to room sales, right? I don't right? want to be the one to suddenly talk about it. Why is that? Well, well, you get to room sales and you get all excited. And you're all like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And I never get this yes. stuff. And, and what am I going to do? And then someone offers you something. And then they ask you. And then you ask how much. And then they say. And then you think that could be too much. And then like, maybe that's not too much. And then you're like, oh, I don't know, but how much is it worth to me? And how much is it this? So first of all, apparently Mark is into to micros, which means I always room with people who care about micros. This is like a weird thing. Mm -hmm. um, yes. I, I don't understand what it is, but I've, I, and so I've had to hear about goddamn squeezings. I still don't know what squeezings really are. It's like, it's like a first shot for the first one-to-one -one mold, really. Think of it that way. Okay, so he got some Luke squeezings from which, which set... Oh, uh, this one was from uh, the. Uh, it's from Bespin, so it's it, really I got it because it's the Luke that matches the um, Luke Vader on the Breakfast Award. Okay, right. so so I have a prototype of that, and I have a run. And if you're looking at my collection, it's kind of lopsided because I have a run on Vader and then just one single pre-production Luke. Ah, you know, so it's not really on my focus, but when you know when something should the one thing I've never done. 
no matter how much anybody wants to push it and say, hey, like, I love when Rob, Micro Rob, will be like, hey, just to let you know, I'm going to start dumping some stuff out now. I'm gonna dump. And you get all excited, you get all excited, and then he posts shipping boxes. Right. And, like, no offense to the shipping box-focused folks out there, but, like, I live in an apartment. Shipping boxes are not exactly, like, a nice display piece, right? So, right. so, so one thing Mark doesn't care about or, or at all with his micro-collection focus is a shipping box. Now, uh, what was it that you bought uh, last night? Oh, a shipping box. Yes, he, he bought a shipping box. We're looking at it now. It's on my bed, which, by the way, um, when we talk about politics, um, I crashed in Mark's room, but he slept in the pull-out bed because I have a bad back. And I'm just going to give you just recognition on that. That's, that, that's a solid move. How's your back this morning? Uh, it's great. It's fine. Okay, yeah, good. You probably edit all this out anyway. So. No, no, I'm not going to because, <laughs> because the idea of me uh, wailing and moaning about my back all day is what you saved yourself from. This so, is a point. So, so, so I really won here. So this is a Star Wars Micro Collection yes, Millennium so, Falcon shipper box, and there's six of them in there. But what makes this box a special box? Uh, well, well, first, what's, why? It, so so should, I, should I say who showed up? Of course. Yeah, sure. So Josh Blake showed up, right? So a friend, a friend of mine who, who feeds my focus. And I would say that one of my pre-production focus in within Micro is the Falcon, but only because of stuff that I've got from Josh over the years. Right. Not my advertised focus, whatever. He shows up last night for the first time on, on, on the ice tour here and, and says, hey, I got something you might be interested in. And then I forgot about it. And then I get in the elevator in the hotel, one, two in the morning, walk in the elevator, and he's holding the shipping box. In my, in my heart, I was like, oh, what? he brought something. He thought of me. I want to get it. But then you get that pressure we're talking about. Yep. You know, and I'm just like, oh, it's a fucking shipping box. Like, I would have taken anything. So whatever. But I'd say no. I don't really care. I'll say no to him. He's fine. But then we bring it up to the room, and I, I, I just put it down, and I say, oh, well, we'll talk in a, in a bit. I want to see what else you have in the box. And then somebody else picks it up, right? And Josh is now talking to that person. You get that thing that, like, wait, it's my box. Yeah. A little reference for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but not really, right? Because that's how we're not going to ultimately make those decisions. But then it's noted that it actually has the Kenner Archive stamp on it. So it came from the archive, right? So, so what, what does that mean, the I, Kenner Archive? I don't, I don't know. This is, I can just tell you that on, I, I do not see this on shipping boxes often. And um, Todd Iganti in the room was there, and, and, and Josh deferred to him as well, too. Oh, by, by the way, Todd Giganti, who, who beat me at my first ever game of cornhole. Oh, yeah. Yes. Wait, I, wait, wait, yesterday? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yesterday. That was a good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have, that, that was, I should have that, shot that, shouldn't I? I yeah, that, that, that was Todd and Chris Logie who uh, had a good conversation with Steve. It turns out he, he's a, a Beach Boys super fan, which is pretty awesome because I have only ever talked to people who know less about Beach Boys than I do. That dude knows more about Beach Boys than I know about anything. Uh, and then my, my partner was, was Matthew Fox, and it was very fun, and we had a, a nice thing. You had a lead for a while. You well, were, you, the, they yeah. were so good that after they got, like, eight points on the first round, they just were, like, sacking it just to make an interesting game. Yeah, and, but I, I, I pretended not to notice. They pretended not to do it. Right. It was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful moment. I think the other highlight of the game, not to, not to, not to steal the st stage from the shipping box, but, yes. but was your protection from the sun. Yes. Like, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. you... you that was that if there was a if there was a cornhole baseball card, <laughs> your photo for the baseball card would have been from yesterday. Yeah, I, I always wear this like big floppy straw hat. So mm -hmm. yes. that, that's what I do because I have real skin cancer. So, yes. So Tajigante. Uh, yes. Yes. So what was he saying about so, this? So then he brought up, you know, that he asked was there. And so he, had, he said, hey, let's get a price, whatever. And then, you know, me and Josh came to an even better price. Josh gave me, by the way, an amazing deal because I ended up with. Uh, a couple, uh, three test loot test paints from that same run and this box at a great price. But 
uh, yes, yeah, so it's got the Kenner stamp where you can see it says the Kerner Boulevard, the, you know, the receiving bay uh, for the Kenner Company in California, right? So In, in San Rafael, so yeah. it's actually in Marin County, you know, all the way up there. So this was the place where Kenner would receive examples of, I mean, where Lucasfilm would receive products of, from Kenner and they would keep them in their sort of archive to have examples. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I believe so, because that's what Kerner Boulevard is, right? Isn't, would, yeah. Doesn't that indicate that? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm just sort of you know, teaching the people. Oh, you are, yeah. You're not yes. confirming. Yeah, because yeah, you, you would know more than me, as would most people. No, say, yeah. I would not, actually. Okay, well. but, but that sounds right to me, based on San Rafael. And this is the good thing. You know, eventually, Chris Jorgulius will be listening to this, and he can say if we're right or wrong. Right. Um, and he'll tell me next time he sees me, I'm sure. Yes. But it's a very cool box, and the, the stamp does make it special. It's not just any old box. Yeah. It's a box from... From Kenner to Lucasfilm, and uh, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. okay, we're going to go try and find some real breakfast and or free breakfast if it's downstairs. What did you eat for breakfast yesterday, Mark? Oh, my favorite, hard-boiled eggs in a moist bag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Two cold, hard-boiled eggs in a moist bag. Yes. That's what ice is all about. Okay, we're getting a little bit inside baseball or inside hockey here. But the, the weird thing about hanging around with Mark is that he's so much like me that I now understand what it must be like for Yehuda and Steve to put up with me all the time. So right after I hit stop, he goes, I don't, I, it's nothing. <laughs> oh, and also he does the best Yehuda impersonation on earth. <laughs> but what it turns out is that I, I hit stop. He goes, just make sure you edit it so it doesn't sound like I didn't want to buy it because he's very excited to buy it. And what did you say this morning yeah. when you woke up? Yeah, that was, that was the button to the story is I woke up forgetting about the box, right? Because there was a lot of adult beverages yesterday. And I woke up and I, I, I crawl out of my, my really uncomfortable sofa bed. <laughs> and I look at the end of it and there's a shipping box. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. I bought a shipping box. That's fucking great. Yes. So I, now I am going to have to edit out all the squares. Okay. But beyond that, that, that's the story. Or you can so. just beep it, right? You don't have to. I, I'm not a professional. Oh, God damn it. Now, Please. we ran into Chris Troglius, who we just mentioned on the channel, is giving us hell later for getting the answer wrong. No, you have to edit this stuff out. No, I don't edit anything out. I always leave in whenever I talk trash about Chris. Nicer about Chris. That's part of the channel. So he is saying that it's the Kerner Company on Kerner Boulevard, and it was not the place of Lucasfilm. It was the location for who? Industrial Light and Magic. So the, the effects company for Lucas. So why would they be sending a micro collection to, to, to ILM? Yeah, so I spec, suspect at the time, I, don't, I think this is pre-Skywalker Ranch, so they're Northern California. They probably didn't have a whole lot. It's probably a great place to just send product to because they had um, a, space. A space. They've had uh, loading docks and whatnot. And it was called the Kerner Company because it was on Kerner Boulevard, and they didn't want to advertise that they're making Star Wars movies. Right. And uh, we got... Okay, there's, there's, there's yes, uh, Alfred University, where a co-worker of mine's husband works. It's the, the, the soccer team's coming down the hall. Okay, so, yeah, we're trying to check out here. Yeah. So, okay. All right. So good. So that, that's why it was the sent there. first time there. your podcast been in a high school soccer team? No, this is yeah. a college soccer team. This is Alfred University from Geneseo, New York. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, too bad Ron's not here. Yeah. <laughs> this is all very not up to code. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Okay. All right. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> hey, Steve. So now I'm at a uh, at the Sidling Hill, Pennsylvania Turnpike, and you wouldn't believe it. Okay. So I'm going in, and if you don't know this about me, I have to pee like every half an hour, and uh, I'm in there in the bathroom, and I come out, and Josh Blake ended up being in the same rest stop, and he's now talking to uh, he's now talking to Mark about the box. So I'm gonna get more information like in one second. This is awesome.
You got Josh. You still got that display in your trunk, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, 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 what just happened there? So uh, first just, of all, we pull in some random rest stop. Yes, and, and I, I, I've already covered that. I, okay. just, I just, I just told Steve that this is still our little uh, postcard to him. Mm -hmm. So the determination was it is correct. It was sent to ILM just to keep space. Warehouse. They had a, Warehouse. a separate spot for just receiving, basically. And then Josh said that it was part of celebration uh, at Los Angeles. So that was celebration five. At celebration five. Uh, no, no, no. Celebration I, four. Yeah, That's celebration. Right. Yeah, celebration four. He, uh, Gus, apparently it was Gus who set up this auction of all the Lucasfilm archives, you know. Uh, I know Steve has some stuff from there. I know I have uh, Trilogo Emperor from there. And uh, this was purchased um, directly, as part of this auction, directly by Tom Derby. And then uh, it went to and Josh. He sent, he sent all the shipping boxes back to, I guess, was it, was it? CIB or AFA oh, or whatever, just, just company was. Back, back to Derby Central to get to Derby Central to get graded to get graded, and, and this one is didn't. is not graded. But there you go. So we now have how it got from uh, it went from Kenner to uh, to Industrial Light and Magic to Lucasfilm Archives to uh, Celebration Four to Tom Derby to Josh Blake to Mark Ruciano in the back seat of my dad's Mini, which I'm driving because all my other cars are broken. And by the way, never, ever take a road trip in a Mini. <laughs> hey, Steve. So now I'm at, uh, at Bill Cable's collection. Looks like we're going to miss Bill Fryer's, which is too bad, but we got up too late and got stuck in traffic and stuff. And I don't have much to tell you about Bill Cable's uh, C-3PO collection. Except for one thing, which is just something that's jumping out to me. It's a uh, C-3PO, the removable limbs, Return of the Jedi, but it has a great big red tag clearance sticker on it. And one thing about, like, uh, about being this kind of focus with this kind of breath is you just like are always looking for some reason to put something up here. And this kind of sticker right here just makes it super duper awesome. And it says it's from a store called Dolgins, or Dolgins, D-O-L-G-I-N-S which is out of Missouri, but uh, it seems like it was a national chain and it was kind of pushed out by all the big boys in the late 80s. So that's my item from Bill's collection. I think I actually have to get going, Steve, because uh, I need to get back home, but we'll see. Steve, we're not done with the, uh, the stuff about the box. Chris Jorgulius is here, and now he wants to say something else. Yeah, I didn't plan for this to be uh... Uh, recorded, but just a thought I had after I spoke to Sky earlier about the box flat, about the shipping box, was that it going to ILM. There is a chance that maybe they needed a Millennium Falcon of that scale as a like a, a shooting miniature, like a far like a dis for distance shots, and maybe they got Kenner to send them that for that purpose. But it didn't seem likely. But I know for a fact they used. Um, model kits when they worked on Battlestar Galactica um, as different production companies. So there was precedent for them to use uh, store-bought items like that. So, so, so maybe it's not just a storage place, but it's actually a production-used box in uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, maybe the, a long, long shot, I think. Or they, maybe they just get the idea and they got some ship to them to, to talk about it. I still think that my original thought of just like because there's no Skywalker Ranch at that time, they, they needed a facility to ship that to that went there. But 
Well, I, I love it. Thank you, Chris. And I'm, Mark, you didn't just hear this. Chris has another theory about the box. Uh, did you hear my theory? No, no. The theory is that it was sent to ILM so they could use it while filming the movie to have a thing to, to base it on. And like scale because of the way, the right the way scale it was for a, scale. a distant shot. Maybe. maybe, but I shouldn't have even. I wouldn't so really... it's a production used box. I think you should just get it CAS graded. Uh, <laughs> I will sign for Chris. He, I'll Wait, give his. At least tell Chris my theory of what it was. Okay, what was your theory? Is that John Knoll, they thought, they heard John was a focus collector, a Falcon focus collector. And yes, was, uh, John Knoll's a focus collector. So. Falcon focus collector. John Knoll, yeah. I don't think he worked at ILM wow. in 1982. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh. So there it is, Steve. There was the, the trip. There was ice. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this little trip to Pennsylvania. Say hi to the family. And... Um, <clears throat> Okay, Wampa Wampa. No, I'm going to try to do my best Steve impersonation. Adios. Oh, man.